It's the Dillcast episode 491, Game of the Year 2021, part 1. This week, guys, there is a lot of discussion. We go through almost 60 games starting to get towards our Game of the Year list. One. Stay tuned. One. One. Uh, and we're back. Woohoo! This is. Do we not have cans? That's okay. I mean, I have a shaker. I mean, I cracked one. I didn't even hear it. Nope. Uh, it's Tillcast. It this is. Tillcast. It is uh, Saturday, January 15th, of the year 2022. It's the first episode of the year. At uh, 9.35 p.m., it is about 25 degrees outside and it's snowing in certain places. Um, it's an M-rated show. I'm Nos. Jason. I am Rusty. And with the three of us, you're going to get very little bullshit. Um, bullshit. Some games and some news. Really, you're going to get the first part of two Game of the Year podcasts. Um, we've we got... two. Well, yeah, I, can, I think it'll be two. Um, we've got our, our Excel sheets out. Um, we are trying to figure out what in the hell was the best game of the year. And this year is going to be a little bit, um, different. We kind of changed up the categories a little bit. There wasn't a lot that came out last year that was new. So like, we're going to have a best remake. Um, we're going to have a worst game of the year, best DLC. Cause we looking through our list, we have a lot of stuff on here that's DLC. Um. So, I think there's we'll, still some good games in there, though. Yeah. Um, and I think we may be able to work this into a top ten. But for right now, what we're gonna do is we're gonna work through the list of games that we have, and maybe just give it a rating. And I think just keep in mind, guys, like we're looking at a list of over fifty games, almost sixty releases. So may not get the score right the first time, but we're we're gonna have to kind of go back through it. So initially, like it's kind of what's popping in our head what the score should be. Um and talking about it a little bit as we go. But um Yeah. I don't know that there needs to be a lot of bullshit this this episode. Do you guys agree? Uh well I agree. It's been a month. <laughs> so. A lot of shits happen. Holidays happen. You know, yeah, it's basically. I think Jason was the only one that had a semi-normal Christmas. Me and Rusty had pretty shitty Christmases. Yeah, pretty uh, much. Rusty's got family shit going on. Me, that's not fun. I've got a. I broke up with my fiance right after Christmas. Oh jeez. And uh, just now, kind of got my head on straight. So. We didn't do an episode. I got fucking COVID. <laughs> yeah. And that is the reason why we are remote right now. <laughs> yeah, we're all remote. Want to make sure I'm 100% not contagious before people come back over. And um, he's going to put out, he's going to set off a couple of Lysol bombs in his house, I'm sure. I, uh, if not, I'm kind of in dual wielding. I got a antiviral filter, Rusty, today before okay. the snow started coming down. And changed out my filters again with a antiviral filter. Well, that that will that will help a little bit. 
I still want to come. Uh, uh, if you don't do it, I am coming over. Dual wielding hands of Lysol. Go for it. Um, I'll, <laughs> I'll add Lysol to the list too. I have Lysol wipes um, that I was going to use to wipe a lot of the surfaces. It's just like. I want to uh, test negative before I just dive in and do it, though. And I'm going right. to test tomorrow. But going to test tomorrow. Gotcha. Yeah. But, yeah, I got a, I got COVID right after uh, me and the gal broke up. Um, we're not on non-speaking terms by any means. It's just uh, it's a very personal thing between me and her. Things did not work out. We are too far away. Um, and that's, that's basically it. I mean, yep. so, but then I got COVID. Um, felt really sick by Friday, two Fridays ago. Um, got a pretty, pretty deep fever, got to a point where wasn't real coherent. Um, I did teledoc. I didn't have a doctor. So I, my mom gave me the name of somebody and that person gave me a list of like a checklist of things to do. Plus, uh, I've got an, I got a pulse oximeter and a nebulizer in the other room. And was on a treatment with the nebulizer to help my lungs. And, uh, yeah. So. It was. That was. I wouldn't say I was at touch or go. I mean, that's being dramatic. But it sucked. I was. I've only been sicker one other time in my life. And that was about six years ago where my TJ's ex-wife had to come over. She's a. Now, granted, she's not. She's a doctor. She's an ophthalmologist, but she's not like a medical practice doctor. But she did come over here and gave me an IV buddy and several spare IV bags and hooked me up on a rolling IV in the house to make sure that I got liquids. And I was so sick that I was shitting and throwing up at the same time. Um, like so gross that like you feel like you could never be clean. And so you just th- get in the bathtub. Um, looking like Winnie the Pooh with a shirt on and no pants and so that you can throw up. Um, so that was that was an experience. And then I had an IV hooked into my arm. It was hanging my arm outside of the shower while I was rinsing everything down the drain. And then I clogged the drain. Like just everything. That was horrible. That was That's the most sick I've ever been. Um, it was like yeah. the super fucking flu. I was I was wondering if, wondering if I had like Ebola or something like it was bad. Ah uh, oh man, I uh, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty crazy. And COVID, uh, the symptoms I had is I had real deep fever, so got up to about one hundred and three. Accidentally broke my thermometer and had to order another one. Um, I had the sore throat, the cough. Um, it never got deep in my lungs. It got to the top of my lungs, and then I think the breathing treatment that I my doctor gave me, it was basically just, I don't ever want to cite too, too much medical stuff on here because I don't want to ever be accused of giving medical advice, but essentially she gave me a solution mixture to put in the nebulizer to help break up the uh, drainage and shit, and then I was rinsing my nose out with the fucking, uh, like essentially a neti pot, and then I've got a shitload of supplements I've been taking, so... um. Yeah, it was pretty nuts. And then my fever broke on Tuesday. Um, I was feeling like I could have gotten away pretty easy with being off work the rest of the week, but I had shit I needed to do. I didn't want to get behind and I felt good enough to work on Wednesday. So I just started working and then I, <laughs> like I slept after work and I slept on lunch. 
I slept on lunch the last three days. In fact, yesterday I actually overslept a little bit on my lunch and I was telling my employees and they were teasing me about oversleeping, but yeah, everybody oh. knew I had COVID. So like nobody was giving me that much shit. Like I was 20 minutes late from lunch. They're like, Hey, what you doing? I was like, I was napping. And I found out I can't take a five minute nap. It ended up being a 40 minute nap after lunch. Jeez, so, damn. um, yeah, I was like, I just thought I could take a five minute nap, but I slept through my alarm. It's like, well, I mean, if you needed it, you needed it. So whatever. So my employees were pretty forgiving. Um, the, um, <laughs> the thing is, is, you were working with COVID. So stop. <laughs> you were uh, you were going above and beyond their overwork, overachiever. Well, I mean, I did uh, their payroll. So the, some of the people get paid well, but they're hourly. And we had to do – I had to do, do payroll, and I didn't want to give it to anybody because – Payroll for my department's a little bit weird and it's a little bit particular and I know what's going on. So I want to be the person that does it. So I did their payroll with like 103 fever on Sunday. Um, I'm really good at it. So it took me like 30 minutes and I waited till about middle of the day after I'd taken a nap to get it done. But yeah, I did their payroll with like 103 fever. Um, Everybody got a bonus. (laughs) No. (laughs) Well, I mean, we got holiday pay, so I guess that's bonus, right? <clears throat> but uh yeah so and but i ended up playing some games even while i was i had covid um i can actually bring that into game of the year because there's some games i finished there were games that i could play on steam link laying in my bed on my tablet <laughs> um so I'll, i want to talk about a game that's on here that you guys both don't know what the hell it is it's called despots game um and it's like a it's kind of an auto an idle battler. So, you know, like Loop Hero, right? And I actually played that too. I um, was an idle battler. I was playing that and it was in the middle of like Steam sale was about to end. I just picked it up. I picked it up for, I want to say 10 bucks. It was a roguelike and it's a run based game. And so basically you have these humans that are, I say naked, but they're just like little plink, like stick figures basically. So like, it's not like they've got like dangly bits. Um, and then you arm them with weapons and then with certain rooms that you clear, you get a, an item shop that you can arm the humans with, uh, new weapons. Um, and then they battle, but based on your formations and the amount of different classes, they get different attacks and things like that. So to give you an example, um, I've got this class of characters called tricksters, right? And the way that I unlock the classes are based on what type of weapons are available in the shop. And the way that I get money to buy stuff in the shop is by clearing a room. And so if in the the shop role is random on what weapons are there. So if I can get three tricksters together, now they get like a 25% chance to dodge, which means they're going to be way more durable, which means they're going to last a lot more rooms. So it's usually in threes, five, threes, fours, and fives that they unlock new abilities. And like you get to a point where I had like 40 humans that were all armed with different stuff with different formations. Um, you don't control any of the combat. Um, it's just that certain abilities trigger when you have a certain amount of them together. And then each of the weapons they have all do different things based on that class type. So like I had five mages and then I had some mages that look like they came from like Harry Potter got mages that have like power rings and then I had mages that have like 
fucking like BDSM gear that's magical that they're like on the front line like whacking shit while all the other ones are shooting and casting from behind. Um, it's a pretty, uh, pretty weird game. BDS- yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Like the, uh, some of the, it kind of reminds me art style wise, kind of like a little bit more, a little bit less tunish um, pit people. And plays in a way that's similar to pit people. I actually really like pit, 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 pit people, um, but it drags on just a tad too long, and I've never been able to finish it. I've always I've put in some fairly long runs on it, but um, pit people kind of plays very similar. So if you liked pit people and you want something to scratch a similar itch that has way less story, Despots games it. I got three cleared runs. Um, for me, I put it down as a four point one, Jason. This guy. It's a good. It's a. It's a pretty solid game. Um, I could literally pick it up and play it anytime and have fun every single time. Um, that does bring me to another game that's similar, right? That more than just me have played, and that's uh, Loop Hero. Yes. Um. I didn't remember how to play it, so I started a run all over again and worked my way up to like a fairly mid tier necromancer. Type. Um, Necromancer's the only way to go. I love Necromancer in that game. It's awesome. Um, I've never gotten farther than that, though. Like, I just restarted, and I'm kind of rebuilding up my little, I guess you'd call it kingdom. Like, that game's just really, there is really nothing like that, right? Like, there is, it is an auto-battler, right? But, like, really, you're just judging what tiles you're going to throw down and how much how many enemies you can beat in a run and then should I turn back at the end of this run kind of thing, you know what I mean? Like, do I need to go back because I'm building up a farm or I'm building up a smithy or I'm building up um, storehouses or something like that, right? And then you got the combos of the cards, which I think is pretty fucking cool. Jason, did you play Loop Hero? Uh, No, I never got around to it. You could play it on your tablet, like 100%. Easy, yeah. It's been a, it's, one of those games I play on lunch at work because, like, I can just eat food, listen to a podcast, and then leave kind of idly play Loop Hero as I go. And you need to put some focus into it, but, like, you need one button. You need, you need a, well, space bar and a mouse is what you need. Yep. Or Just a pause button and, and something. you do have to equip gear. Yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta have a mouse to equip gear, but you really just need a two button mouse and you can play that game. I don't know, yep. Rusty. What would you give Loop Hero? See, Loop Hero is. I thought it was. Uh, it was it was unique in the way that it you know it presented itself. Um, it's very. Uh, the the art styles were really like um, very late any late NES yeah like high detail NES yeah <clears throat> uh, so of course it it fits it fits in in its own little niche um, it wasn't like the absolute greatest game but I did get sucked into it when I played it and I played it a lot longer than I thought I was going to. Um, I say it's, it's a good, you know, 
Uh, four? Four is, four is about about right, because it's not a, not a bad game at all. Um, I'd give it a four, too. I, I like Despot's game slightly better for an auto bat, for a auto battler, but Loop Hero is really fucking solid, and I, it has longer... Well, that run just continues to go, you know what I mean? Like, not just yeah. the loop, but the whole run of you building up the little spot behind it, your, you know, your little kingdom. Yeah, the, the, camp, uh, the camp building there makes each run go a little bit longer. The extra classes do play completely different. Like, the first first class that you, uh, the that you unlock is totally shit. Um, you I can meet it. You can make him pretty decent with either real high dodge or, like, high damage plus vampirism. Right. You can, but you have to get real lucky. That's um, true. Whereas, uh, whereas you can get, uh, you can get going with, uh, with the necromancer and just roll through shit. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, and unless you don't get the cards to upgrade your skeletons, and then they die faster than you can get them raised. Yeah. Yeah, like and that sometimes happens on on the later levels. You end up running into some uh, uh, some baddies that will just wipe out your skeletons, and you're kind of screwed. But yeah, I go with a four. Put a four down for both of us, Jason. Okay, Loop Hero. Which one was that one again? Sorry, Loop Hero. Loop Hero. Loop Hero. Not paying attention, ass. <laughs> what does it say he's playing? Uh, Jason, I'm going to go back with you, actually. So, I've only scratched the surface of Age of Empires, so I can't give it any kind of rating right now. I think it's probably a pretty damn good game. Um, you Did you beat it, or are you most of the way through it? I'm most of the way through it. I had to take a little bit of a break. What's uh, What's unique about it, or things that you really like about it? I mean, I really love the the uh, a lot of the History Channel type uh, uh, type content that they that they added in, um, explaining a lot of the uh, a lot of the battles um, uh, and different. Uh, uh, different war technologies of the time. I learned um, what a trebuchet was from Age of Empires way back in the day. Right? I had yeah. some had some board game that you had trebuchets and you had destructible little towers that you built that you destroyed with those toy trebuchets, and I can't remember what it was called. It was essentially Rampart, but the board game. Yeah, I think I remember. I remember something... Very similar to that, yeah. Like but, it, it had trebuchets and it had catapults. The catapults were powered by rubber bands, but the trebuchets had like a weight on it so that you could it worked like a trebuchet, and it threw little plastic balls. <laughs> I remember, just remember, I, we lost all the plastic balls, and then we started loading it with rocks. Anyway, so so yeah, the um, really. Those are the, those are the greatest addition to it. I mean, it's a fairly, <coughs> the game itself's fairly detailed. I mean, the graphics are good for, for a four X game. 
Um, I would I would agree. The graphics are pretty clean. Yeah, clean, but don't look like a mobile game. Clean, like there's still fairly high detail. Yep, especially when you zoom in on stuff, it's it's pretty good. And there, um, it's got a lot of animations going on too. So like with all the different troops and all the different little battles that are going on, like it doesn't look generic at all. No, not. Not in the least, and the uh, the difficulty in that game scales really well. Um, so I played with with a lot of a uh, lot of the difficulty settings, and it just scaled really, really well. Okay, what do you what do you say you're going to give it? I give it, I give it a four point two. I mean, it's That's, it's a good four X game. It it's pretty, but it's uh, uh, it still lacks some of the the detail like you see in uh, in one of the Civ games. Okay, okay, That's fair. That's definitely fair. Um. I hadn't played it because, well, I remember what happened when I played Age of Empires way, way back in the day. Like, I have I have unique memories of Age of Empires because that was one of the very first times that I learned how to do, uh, you know, how to network computers together. Uh, this was, you know, back in the day before, uh, before hubs were widespread so i ended up using a crossover cable to connect my pc to my buddy's pc and we played age of empires together <laughs> that way <laughs> uh so i don't i i've stayed away from it because i wanted to preserve that that memory if that makes sense so i'm staying away from a newer you know, iteration of the game to preserve an old memory. I mean, I guess I can understand that. Um, yeah, it's it, it's. I uh, my mind works in weird ways, but I, I didn't want it to be. You know, I didn't want to be disappointed with it. Is what I'm saying. I'm happy that you had fun with it. I might try it now that one of us was been has been a sacrificial lamb. But that's far down the list of my backlog. Well, that brings me to another point. I wanted to uh, talk about something else that was high on your radar, Rusty. What about Biomutant? Oh, God. Oh, God. Biomutant. Ah, oh, what a weird game that is. Um... So yeah, I was really uh, really stoked to be able to play, you know, Biomutant. It it looked, you know, it looked like it was going to be really good. Um, and don't get me wrong, it is fun, but after a minute, it just it's it got repetitive. Like, the so combat the, or what? Yeah, you know, the combat was a little uh, a little repetitive. 
Um, it was one of those games where you uh, didn't it didn't have a good um, uh, weapon upgrade path. Like you could go to a specific point in the you know uh, on the map, and it's an open world, so you could pretty much access it anytime you need to. Uh, do a specific thing and get the best gun, and then you'll never up- upgrade that gun ever again. So then, what's your incentive at that point? To so and, right, and that's exactly my point. Is like once you've got the best gun, why would you collect any more guns? But the game throws lots of guns at you. Um, it has a really good crafting system in there where you can kind of take parts and pieces from guns and make your own style gun. But it's, you know, it's totally, like, invalidated by the fact that there's one already pre-built gun that you can go get fairly early on that it lasts you through the whole game. So then that so loot, loot lust is defeated. And, it, and that's exactly it. The loot lust is defeated. And without the loot and the combat kind of being a little samey after a bit, uh, the enemies don't have a whole lot of variation to them, uh, and it just turns into an exploring game. Now, it does have some funny bits, some fun bits in there um, during the exploration, but it's it it kind of fell flat. Like I got almost all the way through that game, I never beat it. I'm like right at the end, and just, I'm like, you don't give a fuck. I didn't give a fuck about the end boss. Um, there wasn't really a whole lot of push for me to just finish, or really explore the rest of the map. Like the map could have been filled with neat little things that you could do and find, um, and it is filled with these small little things that you can do, but it's like collect, uh, like one of the things is like, uh, uh, you know, collect three freaking you know, refrigerator generators or some shit, right? You know, parts and pieces from a world that's, you know, that's gone. Uh, it's like post-apocalypse, but after nature has taken over is kind of the setting. So you go back and you can find like, you know, buildings that humans used to have, you know, have shit in. You scavenge that shit. Well, if you want, uh, one of the quests is like get three generators, but ones at like the far southern edge of the cor- you know, of the map. And the next one is in the far northern edge of the map, and it's it's like a massive trek to go far, uh, back and forth to be able to do all this shit. It's basically a time waster in a game. And I didn't really appreciate what it, you know, it didn't respect my time. Uh, so for that, it, it didn't get very high marks for me. <laughs> so what is that? Um, What's that put it at for you? That puts it, it puts it below average for me. So I would, I would put it at like 2.7. Um, it, I wish it was better, uh, and it could have been better. Um, but for the amount of time that I waited for it and what I ended up getting out of it, 
it wasn't the best game. It was it didn't I didn't feel very great about the purchase. So So where's that put it on your scale? I I said two point seven. Oh. Jason, did you drop that in there? Yeah. All right. Below average. That is pretty below average. It's more like a disappointment than anything else. Yeah, it I mean it functionally game played. But yeah, there's too many things about that game that you know that kind of irked me a little bit. Um not a big fan of the narration style. Also a big fan of like well, most of the shit that I just described, so so I'm gonna go with one I'm pretty sure Jason played, and that would be Halo Infinite. That came out really late in the year. Um, Jason, I haven't gotten close to finishing that. So far, it's been a fun romp, but I I, I just don't know enough about it to give it a rating. Um, what's your experience been in that so far? My experience with Halo Infinite has been really, really good as far as um, the campaign goes. Um, the campaign itself, their their attempt at a at an open world is uh, um, is actually, I think, pretty successful as far as. Uh, uh the high value targets the fobs etc right um yeah it has like little mini boss fights right yep um and that's those were all really cool new additions um i and just the smoothness of the um of the whole uh whole experience um the gunplay is really great the uh um all the uh tracking is really tight etc uh i mean the only the only complaint that i really had about it when i started was i had been playing uh um I've been playing in Call of Duty before it dropped just to kind of get back into the back into the shooter perspective and uh ended up uh uh causing my myself some grief just for the simple fact that it was really difficult to uh, uh to start just because of the uh change in uh look speed from call of duty to halo halo is much shorter or slower not shorter well, sorry yeah. well call of duty is a twitch game like it you can turn the you know you can turn the mouse sensitivity up on uh on that or the stick sensitivity up on that to you know stupid i, I think he did Am I right, Jason? Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, Call of Duty's always been. Let me let me just 
barely nudge the stick and do a 360. Um, Halo's always been a little bit slower, which is, I think it's fine for me. Big thing with, you know, with Halo is there wasn't a whole lot of aim down the sights. And that was, that was the big thing for me back in, you know, back in the other, you know, previous ones. I have not played Infinite. It's, again, on my list of things to do. Um, but I was waiting for, waiting for the campaign mode because I'm not big on multiplayer anymore. So, 360 no scopes. Right. <laughs> um, you know, I would say the only thing that uh, uh, keeps that from being a, um, being really like a four point eight or a five is the fact that um, no co op was there there at launch, so like Justin and I couldn't play together through the campaign. Um, yeah, I think that comes out like in May or something. Yeah. Um, and what, what multiplayer I did play, um, I don't know the, um, the scaling, uh, the damage scaling, uh, and, uh, and just overall balancing of it doesn't seem to be as tight as I remember, uh, uh, two's multiplayer or reaches multiplayer being um so i still i can't take away from the campaign experience i really think it was hands down the uh the best campaign uh since two and the uh Probably one of just the uh, the best uh, uh, words. Yeah, words. Uh, best enemy. Uh, uh, big bad that big bad that we've seen, and they're setting up a good premise for a follow up. Um, First they would. It, and I think you said you got over 20 hours out of the campaign, right? I did. Yeah, like that's I think a... I got... I think I got like 30 out of it. I mean, that's a decent amount of time for a single-player shooter campaign. Especially one that's on Game Pass. Yeah, I think... I, that's pretty telling. What do you... After you've kind of gone through it at this point, what what's your rating of it? I give a 4.6 probably deserved yep I mean it's it's a really solid uh, solid experience uh, and pretty I mean playing it on PC it is pretty uh, everything about it and you don't really um, you know like so many so many games nowadays, you still really don't see a difference between um, cinematic and in-engine play. So, so it's 
it's very it's very close to and it's getting close to the point where we could just compl- uh, just play the cinematics so yeah you know that is that's pretty awesome kind of brings me to want to talk about something that I had high hopes for that would release late in the year and that's Icarus so I'm going to just come out the gate saying that Icarus was a mixed bag for me. It came out of the gate really strong to the point where it was like literally my jam for about two weeks. And then it, it's a game that doesn't know how to do single player very well and it doesn't respect your time. So Icarus is a survival game where you're an astronaut that somehow or another is going down to a, an Earth that's been terraformed improperly essentially, Right. Had really good promo videos leading up to it. The graphics looked really good. It is very poorly optimized, though. Again, running on a 3080, I have to fiddle with settings to get it to run at about 50 frames a second on um, 2K settings, basically, um, with DLSS and no um, ray tracing or anything, right? Running 32 gigs of RAM, a Ryzen 5 that's overclocked at 4.4 gigahertz, and then a freaking 3080 and I can't get that thing to run at a 60 FPS to save its life. Um, so you go down to a planet, you got to build real quick and get set up for survival. And then it gives you some objectives and those objectives are a little bit mundane. Um, where it kind of falls flat is you have to cheese the game to beat the predators single player. So I was fighting this pack of wolves which is like a boss battle, so to speak, right? Like they have a spawn point where they're in this little, like, I don't know what you call it, a wolf den, basically, right? And so they come out of the wolf den, and these wolves can take a lot of hits, where I can't take that many hits. So I have to get up on a rock um, and, like, cheese the AI to kill them, and then I have to bring, like, 400 arrows with me to kill them. And so this boss battle, per se, lasts, like, 30 or 45 minutes. And it was at that point that I realized that this game is really only set up for multiplayer. Um, it's like they, it's just not scaled well for a single player. There was another oh. mission that happened after that where I had to farm a bunch of products to send back up on the rockets back up to space to the colonies. And the shit that you put in the rocket pod spoils so you have to get more than the amount needed and it's a lot and while i'm focusing on my survival i don't have enough time to pay attention to the farm and get enough resources made so that i have the farm ready to do it and then on the other side it was like collect a bunch of meat from different predators which was actually really fucking easy because i'm always killing predators um they're not boss level predators so Like, on one side, I finished the whole thing in, like, half an hour. And on the other side, I spent, like, three days on it. And then I finally said, you know what? I don't want to do this. And I packed up my shit. And, of course, the thing with Icarus is that you have if you don't leave the planet within a set of real-time days, your character gets deleted. Now, they've since fixed that with some kind of insurance that you can buy in-game. You know, it's not with real money. It's with game currency. Right. So that you can... You won't lose your character if you miss the window. And the window is pretty big most of the time, right? So it's usually a week. Sometimes it's like 20 days 
right? But that's 20-day real-time counter. It starts at a certain – when you do it, it'll say you got 20 days to do this. And that counter starts as soon as you click the button to launch. Um, and some of these missions don't take anywhere close to that. Um, it, it does encourage base building if you do the outposts, but the outposts are like a, just a very small section of the map where you have no predators and you can build a big fort. And so it's just, it's really disjointed and doesn't respect your time and it has a hell of a lot of potential. Um, but the difficulty scaling is weird and it just ended up being a disappointment. I uninstalled it because I decided that I was going to wait a while to see what else they do with it before I played again. And I see the potential there, but I can't rate something on potential. I can say that the developer is extremely active in their Discord to the point of they're having launch issues. You saw them answering stuff at like 2 and 4 in the morning their time in New Zealand. So on that front, they get some bonus points. But just on execution of the concept, um, it deserves the mixed rating that it has on Steam. And it, it is mixed with me. It's uh, It's not... I'm going to give it like a 3-2. Okay. It has the potential of being like a 4-5, but it's a 3-2 right now. So it's not one of those games, it's not like Ark where you can have a, uh, a dedicated server. It's, you know, you drop into their world and you drop out. Correct. And you can set your server so that nobody else can jump on your server, so you could play solely by yourself. I always set mine to friends only in the off chance that somebody had the game and they wanted to jump in and help me out. And you guys can both gain experience from that, but um, the experience is needed for different recipes. But I just, the crafting tree for some of this stuff, for really light tier stuff, takes a lot of materials. And that means that you need like a whole day of gathering those materials to get to that late tier stuff on the new planet because you're starting fresh every time. Mm-hmm. And so the concept seems really cool. It's just the execution of that isn't like... And you can't take anything, like you get these things called exotics, so like different materials that are like alien materials you can take back up with you, which you use to buy better suit upgrades or weapon upgrades or tool upgrades, essentially. Um, But yeah, it was just, the execution's not there. Sounds like it's kind of a weird mix of like a... like a mission-based survival game and arc. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and it, that... Yeah, there's there's some really cool things about it, right? The storms are really deadly. You don't think of a storm as being deadly, but, like, when you've got high winds blowing your house apart and lightning lighting your house on fire, um, you walking through your campfire and setting your house on fire, you having... Rabbits walking through a forest fire that you accidentally set because you dropped your torch on a bunch of debris. And then you set the forest on fire and then you have rabbits come screaming out of the forest that then run to your house, under your house, and set it on fire. Like Lots of crazy moments like that, but like you'd really have to make your own fun and it does not respect a single player's time. And it, it, Maybe in multiplayer it, it doesn't suffer that as bad, but I, I had a hard time with it. Yeah, it seems like it would be one of those where you'd have to have at least a few players, you know, playing with you consistently to uh, I, th- I think to, to get the most out of it. Three players that, that wanted to play long-form sessions would be great. And honestly, just completely getting rid of the mission timer would be great, honestly. Like, it, it's not doing anything for anybody. 
maybe for right. stuff where like it's a challenge mode thing and it's like because they have these like predator hunts where you have like six hours to kill something and it's like a a pack of polar bears or something crazy like that which in that case you need to get the technology to where you have like guns or something like that and so it's a rush to get the technology for the guns and then you know you and your buddies go out and like just go fucking obliterate shit but yeah it uh it don't respect your time. But I want to continue to move on. Um, me and Jason played Back for Blood, which for some reason um, not everybody liked, but I think me and Jason liked it pretty well. Am I right, Jason? Yeah. Fucking zombies. Um, what did you like about Back for Blood? Yeah, it just really... Hard to explain, but between the uh, uh, between the shooting being very, very tight, um, and uh, the mix of enemy types, it just felt really, really, um, really good. It felt like a true successor to to the original Left for Dead. I don't disagree. I think it does a lot of things different. Um, it does iron sights, which Left for Dead never did iron, iron sights, but you can still no-scope shit a lot. Um, I, there's a bigger selection of weapons than Left for Dead ever had, which I thought was great. Um, the mission variety, it's got a fair amount of missions. Um, the length of the missions is good. The constant unlocking of cards I thought would suck. I actually like it. Um, I've got a build for shotguns where I gain health back from shotguns, and I do a lot of extra damage with shotguns, and I reload faster with shotguns, and I get to a point where I'm using like a double-lot shotgun, which feels perfect in a game like that, and just fucking obliterate shit. And I really... I really like it. I just wish I had more people to play it with. Because, um, again, having friends of mine that really like Left 4 Dead didn't like it as much because they, the criticism that TJ gave it is he said he didn't feel like it had as much um, heart as uh, Left 4 Dead. And I don't know that I totally agree with him. Um, I felt like there were way more build variety and things like that, and I felt like the missions and the drive for the missions, the 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 banter between the characters is not as good as Left 4 Dead. I will say that, but I've got pretty high ratings for it. What do you, what do you think you rate it, Jason? I would, I would give it. A 4.2 right now just because I've not played more of it. Okay. I'd give it a, I'd give it a 4, 4. I'd give it a Z for zombies. Ouch. Well. <laughs> speaking of dead things, really bad segue into Breathridge. What do you, oh. what do you think of Breathridge? Oh, oh. God. I played this too. Breath Edge. Uh, Breath Edge. I finished it. Um, that, that game... That game wanted to be Subnautica. <laughs> yeah, it did. But 
uh, but in space to the point where there's, uh, you know, <laughs> there's sub subnautica references in the game. Um, uh, the very early game, early game is about right. That's what I was expecting is, you know, short jaunts out into space because you have limited oxygen. And that was, that was kind of, that was kind of cool because you could go out for 30 seconds, collect some shit, come back, craft, uh, craft some shit. Uh, and the progression of being able to go a little farther each time was, uh, was just right. What ended up happening with Breathage is that it's it doesn't take itself seriously, which is part of its uh, you know part of the humor in the game, and I was and I was okay with the humor that they put in the game. It was kind of it's kind of cheesy, but eh, you know, the whole premise is is that you're in a broke ass spaceship, <coughs> and you have to figure out how to, to navigate a debris field uh and you know es- you know escape your situation uh with very limited resources and then it turns into a completely different game later on it turns into like a combat based game later on and like and the combat wait, sucks and the combat sucks so hard <laughs> So it was like they took a decent survival start and finished it with like the worst style game ever. And it it just didn't have a good flow to it. Like it broke at about, I don't know, halfway through the game. And it bro- uh, broke with its, you know, its normal um, collect shit to build shit to, you know, to upgrade. Uh, and then you started just like looting shit off the ground and, you know, running. And it was just, it's just a weird game. Like, a, it was really weird. Like, <clears throat> if I could take the first part of that game and expand that to be an entire part of uh, the entire game then it would have been fun yeah they screwed the pooch by this total shift halfway through the game right and and that is that's what ruined it for me that that's what gave me you know the biggest bad taste in my mouth ever um i mean i finished it but it was like i finished it out of spite so that I could just be done with it and never have to look at it ever again. Yeah, I finished it to uninstall it. Yeah, it's it's, it's like you spite finish a game that that's a very special uh, that's that's a very special rating right there. Um, I give it a yeah. two and a half. What do you give it? I, I'm I'm right there with you. It's it, it is it was a big disappointment. I was hoping for more. Um, what was that score again? Two point five. Sure. That is uh, 
is is pretty shit. <laughs> it it wasn't terrible, wasn't unplayable. It's just disappointing. That brings me to something that's nearly unfair that it was still so good. Um, Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Jason, tell me about it. Oh, God. Why can't I tell anybody about it that they probably don't already know? I mean, it is it is the original trilogy amped up to absolutely fucking beautiful i mean they made one look good again i just (laughs) like it's and you see very little um uh there is very little um actual difference uh uh like in character models etc from from two to three um I really didn't. I know that there was. I feel like it was created controversy about the lack of Miranda butt shots. Um, <laughs> I didn't really notice it because that wasn't the reason I was playing Mass Effect. Was for softcore, super softcore porn, I guess. Super duper softcore porn. Like it's disappointing. It's very disappointing if you're going into that for porn. Like incredibly disappointing. Yeah, there's there's much better sources for that kind of shit. It's it's essentially near in my head. It's like nearly PG. Um, oh no, it's not nearly PG. You think it's it's, PG thirteen? Oh, teetering on R. There is some implications that's in that story that is unclean. (laughs) Yes, it's implications, but it's very tastefully done, and then. I mean that in the best of ways. Like it doesn't feel like one of these weird ass porn games that you get on Steam, right? That you see from time to time. It's yeah, true, but it's but I felt like the f- fake outrage that was there about it is pretty overblown. Um, like going back through that, the one thing I was wondering, Jason, is how come they don't make games like this anymore? When's the next game that's going to be like at Mass Effect coming out? Like is because to me, the Mass Effect trilogy is like a game of a generation kind of thing. Like it reminds me of all the best parts of my twenties going into my thirties. Right. Um, it's so good. Like the whole time, I was so fucking invested in that story, and the gameplay's the gameplay's pretty solid still too. Like I feel like the gameplay still held up, but the story, like it's the whole reason that the whole reason I didn't like uh, what was. Andromeda. Andromeda didn't have characters you cared about that much, and that's part of the thing. It didn't have to have Shepard, but it didn't have characters that were as memorable. And the characters in Mass Effects 1, 2, and 3 are memorable. Um, and even though you know how the story's going to end, like I was like completely reinvested in what was happening again. And I didn't remember enough of it to fill in all the details. I just remembered the big overarching points of it. And I remember thinking to myself again when I finished it, I didn't want to finish it, A. Um, and B, I was like, okay, well, it does look better. It looks like how I would remember it being, even though when you compare it side by side to the old one, you can see some very clear differences. Um, and it just, I kept thinking to myself, there needs to be more games where there is a big bad and you are the dude McDooderson that is uh, going to uh, save the universe. I mean, I didn't even take my character's name seriously. My character was Dick Shepard. 
Um, and Dick, she- I ended up really liking Dick Shepard. I made him a very ugly shepherd because I think the <laughs> default shepherd looks fucking corny as shit. Um, like Looking a fucking ba- like a Backstreet Boy trying to look mean. And I, uh, I don't know, man. Like it was just so good. So good. It was like one of it was one of the best moments of this year for me was playing that game again. Um, and I just I don't know. Like I know they're like redoing, you know, adding more to the Mass Effect universe, but like I don't. They've got to have some of those same writers do that again, and some of those same game designers do that again. It doesn't need to be a carbon copy, but like I really want to see how that shapes up, because. There just hasn't been anything that good in a very long time. Like, it's so good. It's set the bar way too high, and Andromeda failed to deliver on a lot of its promises. So it's like... Well, they know, didn't set up a a big bad the same way. It didn't feel as important. And they because it got review bombed because of the bad facial animations, like, they never finished the fucking story. So, like some super clear opportunities there is Andromeda bad. No, it's not bad. It's just not anywhere close to the original three. And it suffers from that pretty, pretty deeply. I don't know. What's, what are, is there anything, what would you add to that sentiment, Jason? I, I really can't. Cause to be honest, I, I liked Andromeda. I'm one of the very few people that did. Um, yeah, but you can't even compare Andromeda to Mass Effect 1, 2, or 3. Well, no. On a story scope scale, you can't. But Like, literally the only thing better on, about it to me is the combat and the graphics. On a... On a attempt to expand a universe and... Um. Uh, try to move it in a new direction. I, I thought it did a fairly good, good job of that. To be honest. But but you're talking Andromeda. We're talking about the Mass Effect Collection. Right, Andromeda and didn't release this the, year. Or last. Then year. the Mass Effect Collection. I just, I don't know. I. It was it was more of a game that I really loved and a game at probably its absolute uh, best performance and um, uh, and at its prettiest. Talking Saren into shooting himself. That's what I did. Still would play that again. Yeah, I totally uh, talked him into killing himself in my playthrough. See? Thing is, is that... And that's like a pure, like, Paragon moment. Right. Because I didn't want to kill know, myself. I just talked him into, you're, you're too far gone. There's no way that you're going to be able to redeem yourself. The best thing at this point for you to defeat the big bad is for you to off yourself. If you want to do the only one good thing that you're ever going to do is to kill yourself, which sounds really shitty coming out of my mouth right now. But in the context right, of the story, like that is literally the best thing. That's the only good thing he can do at that point. 
you had gotten through to him enough to be able to, you know, for him to realize that he is kind of a, you know, kind of screwed anyway. So, yeah, the fact that you could talk the big bad into doing that, and you know, on you know, in the first game, I mean, it's a memorable enough moment that I remember it fucking years and years and years later. You know, and Mass Effect is actually, you know, it's good sci-fi, and it's well, uh, it's well-told sci-fi, and you know, and that is what they didn't really capture for me in Andromeda is because they had so much opportunity, and they just went with generic alien planet A, you know. They they did a really good job of telling the sci-fi story of it uh, in the original three, so it is going to be a game that I play. It's just time. Yeah, you've got to have time for this shit. <laughs> so uh, I think it's probably one of the best releases that they could have done. You know, one of the uh, one of the best game series that they could have re, uh, re-released and remastered to uh, to even you know to smooth out some of the bumps from the early development because you could tell you know <laughs> yeah heat based sniper rifles really sucked um, yeah the heat clips way better um, so yeah that's I'm going to play it again. I already told you guys that I was going to play it again. Well, and it's on Game Pass now. Yes, it's on Game Pass now, so I have no excuses. Uh, And I'm going to do it as a Femship because uh, my initial playthrough of the first three were... uh, Yeah, and... My name is Commander Shepard, and uh, she's my favorite store in Citadel. Yeah, and anecdotally, I've heard that Jennifer Hale did a better job of Shepard than What's-His-Face that did regular Shepard. Which would be enough of a change for me, in headcanon wise, to you know to enjoy the story again. I think so. All right, guys, a score, man. I'm giving it a four point eight. Four point, yeah. Minor complaints about combat keep it from being perfect. The only thing that really kind of disappoints me about the whole thing. Just give us the the, the multiplayer. I oh, yeah. really liked the multiplayer for some reason. Uh, we all did. I, uh, that's the only thing that keeps me from putting it at a five is no multiplayer. If you bring back Mass Effect 3's multiplayer and just remove like the purchasable loot boxes, you know, give them give them out a little more frequently um it it would be great i i would i would enjoy the fuck out of that that was really fun like you know a customizable horde mode it's awesome so following up with that um let's talk a little bit about red solstice 2 so, Red Solstice 2, again, initially made a pretty strong impression. 
So what that game is, is it's a little bit of an auto-battler, but it's a, it's a real RTS. So you don't directly tell your guys to, well, you can directly tell them to shoot certain people. But essentially you set up a combo of classes together, kind of like in an XCOM-style fashion. And then you move them through an area, going to different objectives, all the while while they're auto-killing enemies that are kind of coming at you. They're kind of like zombie aliens, so to speak. I think that would be the easiest way to describe it. Mm, yeah. And the problem with Red Solstice 2, and I haven't played it recently, but and at least initially, um, this wasn't fixed, is the, the objectives get too generic. And the game gets way too fucking hard to the point where you need to have someone else playing with you to get past certain points. Yeah, so, the AI is not enough. You yeah. get actually screwed because you don't have other player, players with you. <clears throat> yeah, and it's hard to hard to stay ahead of the curve. So it's uh, because of the difficulty scaling and the way that it paces itself, I didn't end up finishing that game, and I really wanted to because it kind of was scratch. It was like a mix between an RTS and XCOM. Um, but be that as it may, it ended up scoring about a three and a half for me. Um, I really want to like it, and after many, many, many updates, they might be able to fix some of the difficulty scaling and fix the uh, objectives to be a little bit less generic. But yeah, it's a three and a half for me. I'm realizing how much we have, and I'm. Uh, it's definitely going to be a two episode. We're not going to get through all of this tonight. Yeah. Well, let's let's uh, let's keep, continue on. I want to talk a little bit about Yakuza Like a Dragon, Jason. Oh um, man, what, what you can think? I say it is all kinds of just stupid, zany, button mashing with a very Japanese anime story. It is. It was a lot of fun. Did you end up actually beating it, or are you just most of the way through it? Uh, is that I a pretty long game? It. Oh, you did beat it. I ended up beating it. Yeah, it just gets more and more ridiculous as you go, man. I really want to beat it, um, but essentially, it's a it's a Yakuza game that plays out like an old school Final Fantasy game. It's a turn based battler um, with a whole bunch of crazy mini games and a whole bunch of different goofy ass job classes that are literal jobs that have their own attacks and abilities based on that job and their own outfits according to that job that they uh, change like, into. Like plumber uh like a demolitionist which is like a dude with a sledgehammer or um what's some of the classes for the his love interest um like you've got oh, like shit. a like a secretary or a <laughs> um i think one of those she's like a go-go dancer i think one of those she's like a nurse like it's super fucking japanesey but it's it's goofy as all hell um I got too depressed to play it, to finish it, and I really wish I had finished it. So for what I've played, I've got a fairly high rating, but I want to see, what's your rating so far, Jason? I am firmly at a 4.2. Okay. I mean, it is a it is a good and fun game. Now, is it... Um, uh, is it the prettiest game? No, but I mean, it, it looks, looks good enough good. for sure. It looks good. Um, 
And as much as I, it was a nice change of pace and was a, was a breath of fresh air. There are some parts of the, uh, of the game and the characters that make you just go, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I'd give it a... Sometimes it's not a good what the fuck either. I think I'd give it a solid four. I think those are, I think those are very fair ratings for it though. I'll let you guys have that one. Yeah, it, it's firmly um uh it's firmly there. It's just in what the fuck territory. Um the amount of firmly is bothersome right now. I want to talk a little bit. I want to give you to get it out of the way cuz this is a game that you've literally put days into rusty. Um, can you talk a little bit about Final Fantasy Online? Final Fantasy fourteen? Yeah, like, we can spend more episodes talking more in depth, but as an experience for 2021, how was Final Fantasy Online for you? Well, to, to be, uh, I'm, I'm going to shorten everything. Best. I'm going to shorten everything that I'm going to talk about as as far as Final Fantasy XIV down to the latest expansion. Because Final Fantasy XIV overall is probably one of, you know, it, it is the, it, it's my favorite MMO of all time, and I've played a lot of MMOs. Um, but Final Fantasy XIV's expansion, Endwalker, came out right at the end of the year. Uh, mid-December and I had beaten the story before the end of the year so I can tell you right now that the Endwalker expansion uh, being the culmination of eight years worth of storytelling uh, did a fantastic job of tying up all the loose ends bringing in all the characters that you had you know that you had met uh, throughout the entire journey having them play a part not just you know just uh hey i was part of the story you know in waves but actually play a part of the story uh and you know you get to see some of the uh i'm trying to be not spoilery because that is a big big thing about this um you you get to see everything come full circle and then you realize how much of the you know of the game world of the lore hasn't even been touched yet uh and that is you know that's the that's the big thing with endwalker is that while it ties up the story from the last 8 years and does a fantastic job of doing it uh <coughs> it basically says yeah there's entire regions of the map you've never seen before there's uh there's other worlds called reflections that you haven't seen or or heard from yet so those have all you know they they did an entire story on one reflection that was shatterbringers um 
there's I think there's six more reflections that we haven't even touched yet. Um, you know, all of these things are kind of like available to explore in this game. So Endwalker is not the end of the story. It's the end of the first chapter of the story that's been eight years in the making. And that is really exciting from a, uh, you know, from a RPG standpoint. Uh, I still will say without a doubt, Final Fantasy XIV's story is the best Final Fantasy story I've seen ever because of how they are able to take a long form approach to telling a story over a long period of time. So it's getting really high marks for me. What, it, um, what would you say is the best, the, the score you'd give Final Fantasy? The score that I would give Final Fantasy, um, the Endwalker expansion, I would give it, it's not, it's not like, I can't give it a five. Yeah, there are some MMO. flaws. There are some flaws, and I will acknowledge the fact that there are some flaws. Like, the, 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 the final, final boss kind of came out of left field. Um, it makes sense but it came out of left field. So I'm going to give it a 4.8. Okay. Um, that it, it's a really strong addition to the, you know, uh, to the franchise. And uh, I am excited to see where they go for, from here. Cause it used to be there was, you know, on previous expansions, there used to be a hint of where we're going. And at this moment, after completing the story, there is none. There is no hints as to where we're going. So it's like... <laughs> it's it, it's like finishing a trilogy, knowing that there's another trilogy coming, but you haven't cracked that first book of the second trilogy. Fair enough. You know? I, I I expected a high rating from you considering that you have like 60 days play to the expansion and it's only been out six, eight weeks. <laughs> I've had 60 days of the uh, of play time and 60 days worth of actual. Like it's been out like 65 days and you've got like 60 days played. And I realize a lot of that is you trying not to log out, but you probably right. still have 20 plus days of actual gameplay in that inside of two months. I mean, Full disclosure, I'm playing it as we speak, which is <laughs> ridiculous. I want to, so, I want to go through some of these quicker games, okay? Um, to just kind of get them a, a place on the board. Um, Stirring Abyss. So that was a game that was a turn-based battler based in a Cthulhu-based world. Um, it's got a great art style. It's done very cell shaded, so it looks very cartoony. It's a force perspectives isometric game, um, where you are these dudes that are trapped under sea that start to get these like Stygian powers as you're trapped in these old school like gym suits or older than gym suits like deep sea diving suits, 
Right. And you fight fantastical Cthulhu style or Lovecraft style creatures. Oh, is this the tentacle dude guy? Yeah. Um, that I had the dude that had a tentacle for an arm for a while. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's a good game, albeit shorter than I want it to be. I think I beat it in about 12 hours um, with very little replay. I mean, I could redo my classes a little bit if I wanted to do another replay, but the level design is fixed. It's uh, The story progression is fixed. The encounters are fixed. The map design is randomized, so it always does a different map every time, but the... You know that you're always going to encounter this type of of event and this type of boss on this map with this event kind of thing. So, like, it doesn't have a lot of replay value and it's too short. It very easily could have been a much longer game and I would have enjoyed the fuck out of it. But because it's so short, um, I'm going to give it a 3-9. Um, but I did like it. Um, okay. It's just... I'm taking points off because it's I wanted a lot more and I didn't get a lot more. I, I mean, it respects your time if you're a weekend gamer only. So play it at that point. But yeah, it's literally just pulling points off because it was too short. Um, the other turn-based game that I liked that me and you both played a lot of, Rusty, was Tainted Grill. Um, the, rogue, oh, yes. the roguelike version. Um, that's got oh. two games. So there's Conquest and then there's the next version of it, which is a story-based. And it's this old-school Arthurian, uh, like, King Arthur-style universe. Not King Arthur in the way that you're thinking, but, like, in low-fantasy setting, right? Mm -hmm. um, with all of these crazy fantastical creatures and all of your runs are different. Um, it's You wander through a map with your character and the world is getting dark around you, so you kind of have to pick and choose what paths on the path that you want to go. Otherwise, it gets a lot harder if you fight in the darkness. Um, it wants you to... You come away with every run with experience and additional cards unlocked for your characters and um, additional buildings and things that you can purchase for your runs on the next run. And it's pretty satisfying. The classes, most of the classes are pretty damn good. Um, it is a card battler but not kind of like what you think, like you're unlocking, you know, you're, you're playing your cards as your abilities. And you kind of get used to like how those combos work with each of the different characters. And at a certain yeah. point, if you're a summoner, you're just always going to crush. Um, I like summoner I, characters. I got really good with... Um, the bow dude? The bow dude, yeah. Yeah, you have to really like... really good with the bow dude. You got to build combos with him, um, which is kind of cool. But yeah, it's a card battler. It's just it's a really good card battler. Yeah. And it's a really unique game. Like, there's not really anything like it. Um, it's on Game Pass now, by the way. It yes. is a really fucking solid Game Pass game, though. Like, I don't know. What what would you add to my sentiment? The, I've, I got really deep into the music. That was, oh, the, music's that was really, the thing. What was the name of the band? It's not High Lung. It's something similar, though. Yeah, um, <coughs> should I, I'd have to look it up again, but. I'll try to look uh, it up while you're talking. The, um, the, the music for, you know, from, you know, from this game is, uh, kind of like, uh, uh, Dark Norse, uh, and when you, when you get into Mannheim, yeah, that's it. Um, once you get into the battles, it's. 
I don't know. It's got it's, a weird power to it, and that it's, and it fits the aesthetic of the game. It's Germanic tribal drums with a little bit of a techno beat and some right. chanting, and it's really cool. It's, it's 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 battle music. It's battle music, and it's very good battle music. It fits the it, like I said, it fits the um, the the aesthetic of the game. Um, I just wish there was more of it, like different tracks, uh, a lot more of the tracks. Yeah, there's a um, an hour twenty of music that was written for it. Right, and it just if it had more, then I would definitely be all over that. Um, it's it's a very good roguelike. I I got into it. Um, as soon as you get past, like most of the roguelikes, you you start out with a kind of an iffy starting class. It was the same problem that Loop Hero had for me. Is the the first you know first class kind of doesn't get very powerful until you end up unlocking cards for it. Um, but I really focused on the bow, uh, you know, the bow guy and, uh, getting <coughs> all of the bow shot combos means that I was able to do stupid damage with a good combo, uh, to be able to actually beat the last boss of the game, which is, a the last boss really punishes. <laughs> it's, it's real it's really, really bad. <laughs> yeah, but I finished. I finished like totally finished, maybe five or six runs. Yeah, because you have to uh, get the hearts, and then use the hearts to summon the last boss. Um, it gives you a lot of options as to how you want to go about a run, um, and you just go until you die, and then you start over again. Um, but the sense of progression was, you know, uh, was there. The randomness in the quests uh, were there too. So you didn't always find the um, the end point to certain quests. So you had ended up having to carry that quest over to the next run, so that you can uh, you can actually you know finish it and. Uh, that's how you ended up with more people in the in the village. Um, it's a really good game. I, I I enjoyed the fuck out of it. What's your rating? Um, um it it could have been a bit deeper. Um, I'm I'm gonna give it like a four three. Um, I'm actually gonna give four. I'm gonna I was gonna say I'm gonna give it a four four. It's one of my favorite roguelikes of last year. Yeah. I I think four four is fair. Um, it's it it could have been more. And the thing is, is that it was built as <coughs> part of another game. They just released that because it was so good. That's why it's split into two. <laughs> That's why there's two games. You know the you know the uh, this so the like and the. It uh, wasn't the story mode. It wasn't even the intent to build the roguelike. So the roguelike was the tester game to get the combat systems right for the main game, and right. it just became popular. And they expanded on that project to turn it into a fully fleshed out game, and ended up succeeding with it. 
And so then they were like, okay, well, if you bought this originally, we're going to give you the full release version of the other game when it comes out. If you didn't buy it while it was in early access, then you got to buy that separately. But the game price was reasonable. It's like 20 bucks. Yeah. It, it was it was definitely worth it. It's a good experience. Um, I want to talk a little about um Valheim. Oh boy, Valheim oh boy. is a survival game based in a Viking universe. Um, it is in early access, um, still because they're still adding content. It is a small team that had a game that just fucking exploded and the internet fell in love with it. It's got a unique art style. It is not the prettiest game, but it is pretty in its own right. Um, It's a voxel-based building destruction questing game. Um, And it succeeds pretty well. It's got fairly deep building mechanics to the point of people were making like a Millennium Falcon, I think was one of the craziest things we saw. Yep. Um, I've seen some crazy shit. I've seen entire towns built. Um, I've seen massive castles built. Um, I've seen, you know, I did, I did a little village. Yeah. Uh, you know, complete with like you probably longhouse and you probably put uh, 150 hours into that, didn't you? Just 150 hours just building. The building in that game just it felt right like they did everything kind of fits like legos and you can uh you can manipulate a lot of the uh you know the snap points and building it was it's one of the best snap point building games that i've had uh had ever played um you know makes it makes my builds in Ark survival evolved seem like undetailed messes um, <coughs> because you can get right down into detail uh, and you don't need to do that. Like you could build, you know, a, a basic shack and it would do exactly what you want it to, but you can yeah, do I... it. I think the game still has a lot of promise. In my head, there's still, it lacks an end game to me. And so that whole first experience, the first two thirds of that game is pretty amazing for me. And I feel like Valheim falls flat at the end by design, honestly, at this point. Um, And that leaves me with not knowing what else to do. And so like I got through, I think I got through Iron and I got through all of the bosses with just iron and then I put it down and I even got to the point where I took that same character and went to a server with my buddy TJ and his, his boy and played with them for a little bit. And then I kind of lost things to do. And I know hearth and home changed the food buffs and uh, some of the ways that you can interact with things in your house, but I haven't actually found more content that I want to play until they release the game. What's, what's your thoughts on the game? The game has the, fact that is fact is is that it's an early access um yeah and that the amount of stuff that was there for early access it it's an entire it's it's an it's a sandbox it is 100 percent like a sandbox you don't even have to defeat the bosses yeah it's kind of like 
Well, you do if you want to break rocks. Well, if you want to break rocks, you do end up having to uh, to, to beat the bosses. You, you can't gotta... go. Uh, you go up in uh, in tiers every time you. Uh, yeah, you, you your know, crafting tiers are l- locked behind the bosses. But for me, it was it wasn't necessarily the destination; it was the journey. Like you know, preparing to get into my longboat and sail. And I got to say, sailing in that game is simultaneously the most fun and most nerve wracking thing that you, you know, that, that you can do because if you don't have enough food uh, and you shipwreck on the wrong fucking side of the, you know, of, you know, the map, you have a hard ass time trying to get back. You know, if you don't have your tools with you to be able to, you know, to make or repair uh, you have to basically start over with a little shack wherever you ended up wrecking just to get back up to longboat te- uh, technology <laughs> or or get yourself on a raft and spend 300 years trying to get back to your uh, your settlement. I, I love the fact that it was, you know, that each time I took a sojourn out, it was a risk. And not knowing what was out there, it was just like that sense of discovery. I didn't expect that from this game. And that and that is what really hooked me on that game. It's just like going out and exploring was a joy. I agree. The exploring so, is pretty fun. So, um, uh, where would you put it? Considering it was you know in an unfinished state and that, and the food buffs were kind of <laughs> unbalanced after you know after you got the you know the best food it was it was pretty easy um i'm i haven't played hearth and home i haven't played it since you know a lot of the stuff had changed but from my experience of it i would i would give it a like a, a 4.6 i think as an early access title i think it's pretty superb but I uh, I give it a four two. That's fine. I mean, when it you, fin- you know, when it gets finished, I'll have more drive to go back into it. I did like the time I spent with it, but yeah, it's a four two for me. But you know me, I'm a builder, so and a big portion of that game and the enjoyment I got out of that game was just mass building things and. You know, building up that village was fun as fuck. Uh, I that was one of the best times I've had. Like getting all of the materials for that was fun. Right on. Well, Jason, I'm I feel like I'm missing. What's another game that you had played this year? Are you awake? <laughs> yeah, I'm awake. Um, I'm looking at the list trying to remember. This guy. While you're thinking. I know, right? While you're thinking about it, I'm going to knock out something that's a little bit quicker. Um, 
to say uh, Warhammer Battle Sector was one of the most fun um, strategy games that I played this year. And it, I saw it and I wanted it. I went into it kind of cautiously, hoping it was all right. I got it on, a, you know, like a new release sale right before it came out for, I think, 30 bucks. So I think it usually goes for about 40 Um, I really like the melee combat in that game. I know that sounds weird talking about um, a turn-based game, but it, it just feels really brutal and satisfying. And then dive bombing in with your dudes that have jetpacks with their fucking chain swords and like just wrecking havoc or going in with these like dudes that are essentially fire bats from Starcraft that punch shit and use flamethrowers to wipe out hordes of little enemies is really fucking satisfying. Um. Yeah. You have these squads, which amount to about, I don't know, 50 plus troops that you have on the battlefield versus like two or 300 troops that are on the battlefield. And the way that you use your units together determines how you're going to be successful. I found that I had your units all have upgrade paths that are based on the leader hero class for that unit type. And they're all archetypes of the Warhammer universe. I'm not real well versed in my Warhammer lore. But I know there were these characters that were essentially like a, an Archangel class or something like that. That when they were fully upgraded had these beam pistols that would, like, I'd take two groups, small groups of these units that I'd fly them halfway across the map and then go melt a boss with two units. Like, they sucked versus hordes, but when it came to, like, knocking out a big priority target, like, these guys were fucking assassins and I fucking love them. Um, But, yeah, like, overall... Battle Sector is a very solid strategy game, um, and I would give it an easy 4-3. It's not the best game ever made, but it's there wasn't anything else Warhammer that came out that's even touched this. Now, Warhammer's got the huge RTS, but that's a completely different animal. So it's oh, a... Warhammer's... It, Warhammer 40k games are you know, hit and miss. Yeah. They're, Extremely so. Yeah, they're 10% good. Warhammer right. franchise in general is 10% good. The, the t- when they hit, it's really on point, but when they miss, it's just fucking trash. Yeah. Now, uh, while I was talking about that, Jason, did you find something different that maybe you forgot to put on here? Uh, not that I think that we've mentioned. Um, I did have, uh, uh, I played both, uh, uh, Doom Eternal, which it, I think I'm the only one that played that this year, though. Um, and Aliens Fire Team. Oh, did you finally uh, play Fire Team? Yep, because it came out on Game Pass a couple weeks ago. Oh, boy. We could go. Yeah, to let's Fire just talk Team. about Fireteam because now all three of us have played it. Um, Trent really wants to play this, and I've really told him all. It's, I'm glad it's on Game Pass. Um, <laughs> Jason, you haven't been jaded as hard as me and Rusty, who did get through it. Where, where, what's your thoughts so far? My thoughts are that it's still. Um, in my mind, one of the uh, better attempts 
at a shooter game in that universe. Um, yeah, because they still haven't gotten it fucking right. <laughs> right? Um, my main problem with the game is only... Uh, or I say main problem. My biggest problem with the game is the uh, the team AI. Oh, it yeah. Me and Rusty know it's trash. not good at all. It's uh, almost unplayable yeah. in single player. Yeah, dude, we were we we were having problems with the bot. Um, I I all, can all the time in very quick succession. I can list out some severe problems that it has. So Go a, um, once you beat the game, you're playing the exact same missions with some very minor modifiers. B the difficulty spike shoots way the fuck up because not only does everything hit twice as hard now, but now you have friendly fire. And you, that means that you can't use a fucking flamethrower at all um, because you're just going to roast your teammates. And it does kill teammates really fast. Trust me, I've killed Rusty many times the flamethrower thinking yes. that that was what I wanted to play with. And I was like, I guess I just can't use a flamethrower because I'm just going to kill everybody. So AI is going to run right into my flames and I'm going to cook them. And then Rusty's going to have an uh, alien on him, and all I'm going to be able to do is shoot it with my pistol or roast it. And, like, do I have an extra medkit? Is there another medkit over there? I guess I'm just going to pick him back up and heal him because it'll be way faster for me to kill the alien with the flamethrower. Um, the missions essentially turn into corridor, 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 big room where you survive a horde event, and then a whole bunch of corridors. Yep. Um, and then uh, maybe another horde event, and then it's over. And then your takeaways... Like, you do unlock shit for your weapons, and the weapons do look pretty cool, and they sound right, right? Um, the uh, assault rifle is sounds way better than it actually performs. It cycles way faster on the sound effect than it actually shoots. The um, pulse rifle. Yeah, the pulse takes rifle. It, takes it right from the movies. It sounds just like the movies. But it shoots like a third of like... the bullets. Yeah, the movie's cycle rate is like, it's like I don't know, like a maybe thousand 10 rounds a second. Yeah, it's like a thousand rounds a minute or something. Yeah, and it shoots three bullets in the fucking game. It's yeah, it's and really it, disappointing. Yeah, they it, they did not match that animation at all. Yeah, because the pulse rifle literally goes through like a box of bullets a minute, and. In this game, it's like you're only going to give you like 400 rounds, and then you could hold down the fire button for like four minutes to get through all the rounds. I don't know. It's probably not nearly that bad, but it definitely doesn't match. It's at least half the speed as the sound effect. But then you get to the end game, and then it comes back to New Game Plus, and you try it on a new difficulty, and you do have your unlocks, but it just falls flat. Like... You're killing each other. The difficulty spikes way too hard. You're not getting any kind of upgrades that makes you deal enough damage to deal with that difficulty spike. And you don't have the health to deal with that or the med kits because then, you know, those drop way less often. And for the most part, you can't even kill. If you've got a horde event, like you're not going to kill most of those aliens before they get to you. There's not like a dodge mechanic or iframes or something like that to get around it. Um, really, anyway. There's not a real clear way of like how you mitigate that damage and that output and input to make it fun. And it just became a chore. And I think me and Rusty were like, we did one, maybe two missions. And yeah. we're like, well, our rewards suck. 
and we're no longer having fun. I mean, it was a decent 10-hour co-op experience getting there, but it was fairly generic. Yeah, it was it was really generic. I the the story was kind of uh, not there. Um, no, it did have a, a a couple bits of interesting lore if you're into you know into the aliens universe, which you can get a little bit out of it. But by a little bit, I mean you could read it on a website in less than five minutes and get more out of it than the game. Um, it, it's just you know, some of the weapons just felt really terrible. Um, the hit detection on drones, like oh yeah, trying to get trying a fucking headshot, a, trying to get headshots on drones was, uh, it was dumb. Like, yeah, their heads are as big as toddlers, and you can't fucking hit them. Right, and it does. Well, it doesn't detect it as a headshot, and that, and that really pissed me off. There was one point where we had a card where we had to do like what fifty headshots or some shit. Yeah, and we didn't. Um, I don't even know how that we didn't get that. Uh, we wouldn't have gotten it under normal circumstances. We sat there at a you know at a vent that they continually spawned out of. Yeah, and we're uh, getting a headshot like every thirty seconds. Yeah, it would spawn three, and we would maybe get one headshot off. It was, it was, it's just bad. Like, what do you it's think? Disappointing. What do you? Yeah, it was disappointing. What do you think your rating is for it? Two and a half. Rusty. Two, two and a half. Uh, honestly, I paid money for this. Uh, two point three. <laughs> I'll give it a two seven. I, I I feel really bad about giving him money for that. You you could have given it you know if it was on Game Pass, it might have gotten a mediocre rating. But I paid money for this, and it was not. It was not. It's not worth it. Yeah, no, I would, I would completely agree. Bad. It, it was so. T- I was so looking forward to that game, because we were really, really wanting to play uh, a, a, you know, a co-op game. It was like the, you know, the content drought from the summer was, you know, was driving us crazy. We were looking forward to a, uh, to a, a good co-op game, and it. Just, oh my god. It disappointed about as hard as one of the other games that we could talk about. Yeah, it failed hard. But I think before we talk about the more disappointing game than that, I think it's time for a break. All right, guys, we will be back. back we uh we had a little bit of a discussion about our time management on this episode (laughs) and uh this list is pretty long so it's um, it's surprisingly long for as little that came out so we uh switched directions and we found out that i can't moderate for shit right now 
So Jason is going to guide us down this path after we talk about one very important game. Yes. Um, yep. That very important game is Dungeons & Dragons Dark Alliance, which was supposed to be like our magnum opus co-op game that me and Rusty were super looking forward to. You were supposed to be a savior. You were supposed to bring balance to the force. Yeah, it was not. <laughs> not lead it into darkness. Like, <laughs> at the very least, it ran fairly okay, but the matchmaking was kind of broken, and that took a while to get into. And then we had issues with the way the leveling system worked and the combat. Um, locking onto creatures when you're in combat was fucking ridiculous. It was broken. It locked onto the wrong characters. Sometimes when you're doing damage, it would lock onto things like three people behind them, which made no sense. Um, there are literally places where you could fucking cheese the fuck out of it with a ranged weapon, which made no sense. The weapons either did too much damage or like no damage whatsoever. Um, the upgrades didn't feel very good. Like... We went through it, and I just remember thinking, man, is this what we got? Is this yeah. what we got? What? This is this is all that is. That's all there is? Yeah. What am I missing, Rusty? Um, why, well, it, why did we hate this so much? Because I don't even remember. I just remember I, we both said, well, that's like 60 gigs on our hard drive we can get back. It, it didn't take us very long to get to that point either. So Like two runs? I... Yeah, we gave it. I think we gave it like three or four. Um, one evening, about two hours of evening. play, and we both said we bounced hard. It was, uh, what it was is that the it was a combination of the fact that the um, you know, the combat felt really clunky, like you were getting hit by shit that you know you shouldn't have been get uh been get hit by, um. Uh, the the maps were not not that great. I remember there was one uh, objective that we forgot, and we ended up uh, or we didn't do one of the objectives, but we got to the end of the uh, the level and we're like, "Where's the boss?" Oh, we didn't do that objective. That's like fifteen minutes backwards. You know. Oh, so that's right. It wasn't gated properly. Um, the weapons didn't feel. They felt heavy in a bad way. Like I think they were delayed. There was a lot of acti- action delay. Yeah, and it and it was like if you played a ranged character, like if you played the bow chick, like you did all the damage. Um, I was playing the dwarf because I always played dwarves apparently. Um, and like the whole thing with the dwarf is that it's you know he's he's a he's a tank uh he didn't feel feel very tanky that is the thing i mean he had big shield and not he didn't really block much um i was a big fan of like the the just novels and this just felt like a cheap adaptation of that everything about this game had a flaw <laughs> Uh, it was, you couldn't get into it. We tried and we just couldn't get into it. Uh, it's 
one of the rare occurrences where both Justin and I bounced at about the same point. <laughs> We're like, yeah. no, this is not, this is not, this is not good. This is not a good game. <laughs> yeah, I, I even played it after you guys shat on it. Um, just because it was on Game Pass, I decided to give it a try. I gave it two evenings. <clears throat> the only somewhat decent part of that game is the narrative. Outside of that, stuff is just broken. It's still broken. Yeah. Uh, to, you know, for me, uh, it, was, it was it's like it's supposed to have been. I would you consider that? I wouldn't consider this a triple A title. Triple B. Um, but for me, it was already it was already getting negative marks from the point where it loaded in because it didn't have ultra wide support. There's indie games that have ultra wide support. There's no excuse. So, <laughs> it, yeah, I could shit on it for much longer than I can. You know, you know, I could shit on it, but I think we've already shat on it this year. Um, guys, scores. Uh, One and a half. Wow. Uh, one I mean, the one. fact that when I played it um, five months ago and the systems are still buggy and broken, just that doesn't speak well. You know what? I'm all right with that. One and a half. It is probably like Fireteam Elite was funner than that. Um, it doesn't play. It's a one. It, it's, it it's, doesn't play. It doesn't it's, play. It's, it's a, it's, it's got some bugs. I don't know. The AI is stupid. Um, completely stupid. It doesn't path right. It, the the lock-on doesn't work right. The hitbox is wrong. The dodge doesn't work. The You get fucking behind, like, in unwinnable parts of the level, at least we did, because of an objective we didn't hit, and it didn't gate us correctly. Like, it's just... It's a mess. It's a one, dude. This is like one of the worst games I've played in an extremely long time. Like, I went into this thinking this would be another version of Vermintide, and Vermintide it is not. No. It's fucking, okay. cl it's fucking clunky, right. broken bullshit. It's a, a one. one. We're a one. shitting on this game so hard that it is getting the worst score. Yes. Melee combat should be fun. If This fucking blows. It, it really did. And... I mean, I'm glad I didn't pay any money for it. I am too. I'm glad to get my hard drive space back. It's not even worth my it hard was. drive space. It was. It was. It was like freeing to get that hard drive space back. It just, it's. Okay. Yeah. I'll give it a one. Yeah. All right. Jason. That is. All right. Hard well, then. Hard brown. Note. Now, now that uh, that's done, just a quick note on the game. I know. Two of us have played, and uh, uh, I know Rusty has purchased uh, Curse of the Dead Gods. Justin, what do you give it? 
Curse the Dead Gods is like budget Hades, but different. It's not as good as Hades. It doesn't have nearly as much story. It's got a Indiana Jones vibe to it. Um, it's pretty fun. It's a four. All right, Justin's giving it a four. I I give it a three and a half. I was, you know, it it was fun, but uh, I'm with you. I think Hades was much better at it. Fair enough. Hades was just great. Hades is really good. I like other I like other roguelikes better than I like Hades. I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. Even though All right, super so bad. now don't lose track, guys, because we're gonna get uh, it. Get into some rapid fire with some games that maybe only one of us played. Maybe a few notes. Uh, let's go ahead and start with Black Book, Justin. Haven't finished it. It's got a story very close to as good as The Witcher, in my opinion. Um, it is a card battler. It has got a weird cultic vibe, really cool music, really cool story, fully voice acted. Um, fucking gem, dude. Black Book's a four and a half. All right. I'll talk more about and, it because it's going gonna, it's gonna to be on the list. And uh, Chernobylite. Want to like it more than I do. Um, it's a solid four. It's a first-person survival horror game. Um part of this might have been me battling depression but it was too depressing for me to finish i'm sure if i give it a second chance and finish the game i might give it a higher score but right now it's about a three nine uh darkest dungeon 2 have you finished it i've got 10 completed runs under my belt that is a four fucking seven that's the best version of darkest dungeon and they're not even done with it it's a fully playable experience it clicks way better than Darkest Dungeon 1 did for me. It's super solid. Uh, Dead Estate. Roguelike um, beat-em-up, basically, with a whole bunch of unlockable classes. It's not the hardest roguelike. Think about if Enter the Gungeon was playable and fun. Um, not that it's not, but it's just it's really fucking difficult and too high a barrier to entry before you get good at it. This, That's funny shit. It, this teaches you how to play the game better and how to complete runs. Um, I've got about 20 completed runs and I've unlocked almost all the characters in that game. Um, it is a very solid roguelike. Super underrated. It's a 4-3. It just needs more content, but I like it a lot. Death's Door. Death's Door. Uh, interesting, uh, interesting concept of, you know, the uh, combat is still kind of simplistic, but uh, is fun to get into. Um, it's kind of like a Hades light as far as uh, the combat is concerned. Dodging is really great. Uh, it's uh, not as long as I expected it to be, uh, like and I hours. finished it. Yeah, I finished it really, really quickly. Um, uh, for you know, for an indie title, pretty solid. I'd give it a four two. Good game for crows. All right. Uh, Diablo 2 Resurrected. The comparisons between old Diablo and new remade Diablo are very fucking stark, and they did a very good job of that. It still plays like Diablo. It's not quite as uh, snappy as 3, but a better tech tree than 3. It's a better game than 3. Um, I really fucking like it, and I really like the love and TLC that they put into this game. 
I have not finished it. I have played and beat Diablo multiple times, though, and I know what I'm in for. Um, it's more of the same. It's a solid 4-4. Four, four. Fuck right. Blizzard. You know, fuck Blizzard in general, but Diablo 2. Not everybody at Blizzard's an asset. <laughs> uh, Disciples right. Liberation. Not as disappointing as three, but not as a, not as good as I wanted it to be. It started off really strong. Um, it's following an alternate story, or not an alternate, a different storyline and different set of characters in the other games. The characters don't change nearly as much as I wanted them to, and the pacing is off in that you need to come back to early levels to beat things, but at that point you're super overpowered and you just fucking face wipe it. Um, there are times where it got so easy that I was able to use the skip battle function multiple times because I was just beating stuff. Um, the level up system doesn't make good enough sense, nor does it make enough difference. And neither does the building of your groups. It lacks polish and needs polish to be good. Um, it feels a little bit unfinished. It's a, what's your score? Three, eight. All right. Uh, let's go with Dyson Sphere Program. Dyson Sphere Program surprised the piss out of me when it first came out. It was a really early game in uh, 2021. Uh, factory game, uh, but it's built on the fact that you're it's on a spherical grid because you're building on worlds. Uh, and uh, it looks really great. Like, for a factory game, it's, it's right up there with Satisfactory as far as, like, the visual style. Uh, flying between planets is, uh, is a joy. Uh, managing ma massive factories on multiple worlds is a joy. Um, it is very, it's it's a cha uh, Chinese game, and it suffers from some weird voice acting from the AI uh, that is trying to teach you the game. But if you can get past that and you get into factory games, it's it's worth playing. Uh, I'd give it a four four. And then. Uh... One that all of us uh, tried to play when it when it came out and fell off. Uh, Elite Dangerous Aussie. Oh fuck me! Oh, um, oh Jesus Christ! Here's what's wrong with Elite Dangerous. Well, well, the biggest thing that's wrong, and I'm a niche argument with this. We got back into Elite Dangerous to use my VR headset, and it fucking broke VR for it. Now I don't know if that's gotten fixed because it pissed me off so much that I uninstalled Elite Dangerous for the first time in a long time, but. Odyssey doesn't give you enough to do. Um, it has potential, but the big Call of Duty fights are pretty lackluster. Um, I wanted to get back to blowing up Thargoids, and unfortunately it's been an unoptimized mess. It's too dark to play in VR as well. It's way too fucking dark. They've redone some of the graphic engine in a way that the gamma settings are all wrong. Um, the, uh, I used to be able to run it at 4K60 maximum settings all the fucking time. And faster, right? But I just lock it at 60. Um, that's not a thing anymore. I used to be able to run it on max settings in VR um, at 4K per eye, essentially. Uh, oversampled um, at fucking 120 hertz. And now I can't get it over 45, um, which is unplayable in VR. Um, they ruined the rest of the game with Odyssey. And until they fix it, like, I can't even recommend it. Um, it may be more, it's in some ways more disappointing to me than Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate because I used to love Elite Dangerous. Oh, uh, well, 
not Baldur's Gate, but Dark Alliance. Or, yeah. yeah, Dungeons and um, Dragons, Dark Alliance. The the biggest issue with uh, with yeah, the biggest issue with Odyssey is the fact that it broke the game in fundamental ways, uh, and what they added to break the game uh, wasn't enough. Um, like it broke uh, it. They went when they went and repassed the planets. It broke some of the more interesting planets and made them just barren landscapes that barely had any like any detail to it. Like yeah, the, and if you get out well, of your ship, it goes to two D mode on your fucking VR set, which is it, really. Oof. It broke it to the point that half the time I tried to land land at a base on a planet, uh, the game would just crash on me. It was crashing and, on me when I'd warp into and, planets that had that were landable for on foot. It'd literally just kick me out of the goddamn game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the few times it was successful, um, you know, I'd be I'd be walking around a base and it would just randomly crash. Uh, horribly unoptimized at that point. Uh, I was so disappointed with that game. I had my my Hotas set up. I was getting ready to. Uh, I was tweaking everything to get into VR. Odyssey dropped. It broke VR, uh, and the game became unplayable at that point. I uninstalled it and I put my Hotas back in my closet. I'm just so mad because I want to fly spaceships with my VR headset so fucking bad right now, and I want it to work. And it's the best spaceship game in VR. Like, literally was playing hours in VR right before Odyssey came out, and it just fucked everything up, and it makes me so fucking mad. Um, It's not... It's just broken. I'm going to give it a slight... It's a... Odyssey's like a fucking one right now. Like, it's... Yeah, I'm super fucking biased against it right now. It's a one for me right now. It's I'll have to make a hard decision between that and Dark Alliance as like my biggest disappointments of 2021. It, it really is because it took a really good game and shat right all, all over it, Fuck. and it's just and that is really disappointing. Yeah, no, Elite Dan- uh, We've got between all three of us, we probably have two thousand hours of fucking Elite Dangerous in us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, I 100% agree with you all on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, Ender Lilies. Ender Lilies. Uh, Side scrolling of. It's a. Uh, it's, it is a side scrolling platformer. You know, combat is interesting because you're, you're playing as a little girl who controls uh, the souls of, uh, of fallen warriors who do the attacks for her. Um, it's relatively difficult, uh, because it has, um, you only have certain iframes when rolling through attacks, uh, but the, you know, the attacks that you do are, you know, some of them are heavy, some of them are really light and fast, so it's kind of a mix of, like, the... Ta- uh, attack tactical stuff that you would get from like a Souls game, uh, but it's not nearly as bad as a Souls game. Um, I didn't get through the game fully. I think I'm about halfway through it. Uh, I I fell off of it because. It Endwalker, got... Final Fantasy. 
it wasn't Final Fantasy that yeah that made me fall off of it. It was uh, it was something completely different. Um, but yeah, your score. My score for that would be. Uh, it's, I, it's decent. I'll give it a four. Um, okay. I may end up playing right. it. Uh, moving on, Gunfire Reborn. Um, co-op roguelike, which you guys need to play. Um, thought it was going to be uh, really stupid because it's all basically little little bears and raccoons and shit and furries, right? Plays yeah. super good. Um, it's a roguelike game that has five levels that have alternating bosses and different layouts and different weapon combinations and different unlocks um, and different class energies. Um, it's it's really good. It's a really good co-op game. Um, I'll talk more about it if it gets an eight game of the year discussion. It's a four. It's a four five. I don't know if I'd I'd give it a four five. You I haven't would, I would you haven't beat it. it. Four, two. You haven't beat it. No, I haven't beat it, but I've played a decent amount of it. It's taken me fifteen hours to get two completed runs, but it's been very satisfying. Okay. It's got a very deep tech tree, but we can talk more about it later. Okay. All right, Rusty Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh my god, the soundtrack for that game is super fucking awesome. Um that has to be a given. That it's 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 actually very surprising how well that game plays. Um it is you you're, you're playing Star-Lord, so uh it's uh just a, a combination of just shooting pistols all the time, but the movement in that game is really fluid. Uh, like he can get into jump packs or uh, jump jets with his with his boots. Can kind of float around in arenas. Um, you do uh, combo abilities with the other guardians, uh, and uh, the only thing that I would give it some weird marks for is the huddle system, which basically is like a limit break or a power up that you can use to uh, heal your uh, heal the team and give them a damage bonus. Do you ever get direct control um, of any of the other teammates? You don't get direct control, but you can tell them to do uh, certain stuff. Like, um, uh, you know, Drax can pick up, you know, really, really heavy things. Uh, and Groot makes, like, you know, limb... Uh, he uses his limbs to create bridges and stuff. Um, and, of course... Rocket does all of the destruction. So, uh, if you like the movies, they took the character from the movies and add and combined that with the characters from the comic book in such a way that it doesn't alienate either side, and that that is actually a pretty good achievement. Um, That's an accomplishment. Yeah, that is. What's that your- is. What's your it's score? A very good game. What'd you give it? I'd give it a uh, four seven. Um, Woo! Just it's surprising. I guess I'm gonna have to play that is. now. Yeah, it's surprising how good that game is. All right, and here's another big one to get into to uh, kind of break things up. Half Life Alex. It's the best story based experience you can get in VR, hands down. And I agree, one hundred percent. It is. Uh, it is the best shooter that you can play in vr uh it is half-life which 
you know, in itself is a return to uh, to a world that's been just neglected by by Valve. Yeah, but um, and everything is interactive in a way that makes sense. Um, right, five minutes playing with you know a marker on glass at the very in the very first room, or me just like taking buckets and catching head crabs and then like putting them on the ground like I'm catching a spider in a jar. And yeah. then being like, I guess I'm going to save some ammo. So I just throw them in a bucket and then, then just throw them down. <laughs> just feed the slug in the fr- in the second room. Yeah. Uh, and and just there's a lot of interactivity in that. You know, and it's, in, it's, in slow, it's slow enough, too, that it doesn't push you to a hard sweat most of the time with the combat. Like, Unless you get into the dark areas and have to use a flashlight. And the, that's fucking terrifying. <laughs> Um, I got it's really good. I got through it though. I'm almost finished with that game. I just again been dealing with depression a lot, couldn't finish it. I'm in a space where I could finish it now, but like every moment of that has been pure bliss. It's been so good, it's so fucking good. It's Uh, one of, if not the best, VR titles. It's if you have VR, you got to get Half Life. Yes, it's a it needs more length. Um, and a better sitting down feature. So four, 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 eight, four, eight. That's I fair. Agree. Four, eight. I had two complaints. Yep. All right. Humankind. Um, better than civilization. It's a four, seven. That's high marks. Yeah. It's got way more innovative systems in it. It's way more fun to play. It's a little bit faster place. The other victories that aren't combat victories actually fucking make sense. Um, I really like the combination of different rulers as you create your thing. It never delivers in the promise of really feeling like you created your own civilization. You just combine the um, strengths and weaknesses of different cultures together to build your own culture, so to speak. But regardless, it's more fun to play than civilization has been in a very long time. It's a Four six, four six. So human, I beat it twice, but I beat it with like non-combat victories twice, which is hard to do in Civilization because it doesn't make good enough sense. There's too many options, but yeah, Humankind's really good, and it's on Game Pass. You need to fucking play it. Do it, Icarus. I already rated it. Yep. Oh, I forgot the rating then. Uh, what did I give it? Three five. But three five for yeah. me. Uh, last epoch. Last epoch is it's the uh, an ARPG, uh, decent systems to it. Uh, it's uh gets really fun to play. That's another one of those games where the necromancer class is like way overpowered, um, because you could have an army of skeletons and uh and ghosts and you know reapers basically just destroying shit for you. Uh, I had like machine gun fire ma- uh, fire mage skeletons that would just shoot fireballs and destroy everything on the map. Uh, a lot of fun, unfinished. That's the only big issue with it right now is that the story is unfinished. Um, still, it's still early access game. Uh, played a fair bit of it, but because it's unfinished uh, and some of the classes aren't fully done yet. 
There's obviously some balance issues if I can just destroy things with skeletons. Um, I don't know. I'm going to give it a 3.7. Uh, 3, no, 3, 3, 3.8. And it'll probably go up as, as shit's added. That's very fair. I have some games like that. I feel the same way. Uh, I think Justin's the only one that played this because I didn't have money for the expansions. Uh, Mech Warrior 5, Legend of the Kestrel Lancers. Yeah, and Heroes of the Inner Sphere. I'm going to combine both of them together, but Kestrel Lancers yeah. is the one that released in 2021. The other one released at the end of the year last year. Um, it added more story-based missions, and it added um, additional voice acting added a whole bunch more point to the game, added a whole bunch of variants to the mechs, added um, new mech classes, um, added more point to the story, and wove it all together very well in a roguelike manner. So you can play um, missions that weave in the story together, kind of like that other mode of Battletech, where you could kind of play parts of the story together with it, but this does it even better. It combines like some of the story missions in a way that makes sense with the Kestrel Lancer storyline and the technology advances along with the timeline. Um, this is the best version of Mech Warrior Five Mercenaries. Like it's actually made this an even better game. Um, uh, I've sunk entirely too much time into it. Four five. Really like it. Uh. Monster Hunter Stories 2. Did any of us play that? I did. Uh, I played through uh, a good portion of it. Oh, this um, was the one that was like done in a completely different style than normal Monster Hunter, right? Yeah. It was a it's, Switch port, it's right? Kind of like Monster Hunter Pokemon. Um, in, that, in, in that way that you were uh, kind of raising different monsters and you have monster teams that you can uh, that that you can build. Oh, that is completely all, different. All of the uh, you know, so you sw uh, you can swap in and out different monsters for you know for different you know, different stuff. It's kind of like um, rock paper scissors style combat. Uh, it's very simplistic uh, at at the surface, but as you uh, as you progress to the story, it becomes a little more tactical, uh, so that you can kind of work out the best way to take down a uh, um, target monster. Uh, monster Hunter, it is only in name. I played it more like a Pokemon game. Um, in that is kind of disappointing. The story is actually pretty solid for, for a Monster Hunter story. It does expand the Monster Hunter mythos a little bit more. Um, but I'm not a big fan of the, you know, the, uh, I'm not, not a big fan of the combat and the overworld is really barren looking like I'm playing it on PC and it looks like it would be more at home on, uh, on the switch. Yeah, it was a port. <laughs> so give me a score for catch them all. <clears throat> Got to catch them all. Monster Hunter, uh, is probably like a three four yeah because we got 20 more to go a three four all right monster train um we'll give it a it's basically similar if you like slay the spire you'll like monster train it does play quite a bit differently 
Um, it does have, it's a card battler um, that makes you set up combos. It has a whole bunch of replayability because then you can combine team classes together. So you have different races that all play differently, um, that have different types of combos. And then they go in a train that has different levels. And then you set up the levels in the order that things traverse, that enemies traverse through those battles. Um, highly enjoyable. Uh, one of the games that broke through my depression. Um, Monster Train is a solid 4-3. It's a, it's a really uh, good game. I would agree. 4-3 is, uh, is it's good. Uh, you can pick it up and put it down. Uh, and it's got enough tactics to it that once you understand it uh it becomes a little uh it becomes fun yeah it's 50 hours of gameplay that i've dumped into that right okay museum that's i already told you that is john's screen name (laughs) why is i don't don't know know why why that was tagged then you just because john was on the show yes um necromunda higher gun Oh my God! You get no opinion on this, Rusty, because you're a fucking idiot. Um, uh, <laughs> that game is good. Rusty refunded the game after an hour I... of gameplay. It is unintentionally obtuse getting into it, and your weapons suck. And then everything opens up, and it gets a whole lot better. It's like budget Borderlands in like a Warhammer universe that moves really fucking fast. I had a hell of a lot of fun with that game, and have replayed parts of it. Um, I just got distracted with something else after I got halfway through the game again. Um, it is not a five. It is not my game of the year, but it is a solid four. Rusty, why do you hate it so much? I, I, I refuse to rate it because I picked it up and I bounced hard off of it. And it's the only game on steam that I've ever refunded. Yeah. I, I hated it, but I think it was more of, um, uh, my mental state at the time that made me hate it. So I can't give it a score. Okay. Orcs must die three. Me and Rusty played the that. piss out of that. I had a lot of fun with it. I actually kind of want to go back into it. Yeah. It, it It's surprisingly, you know, like surprisingly good. Uh, even replaying, you know, the maps over again. Uh, it's makes, there's not a lot of co-op tower defense that is like third person like that that works. Um, yeah. And it is really satisfying when you have the perfect setup to just mow shit down and just watch chaos and shoot Sue. Yes. It's, oh. it's so good. I, I, I liked it. It's it. And you can pick it up and put it been down a little bit. It could have been a little bit longer. Yeah. Uh, that's like, I wish it was more, more stages. Um, I could go for twice the length on that game. Yeah, definitely. Easily. Uh, the, tr- the amount of traps was good. It's just the, uh, the, the amount of stages needs to be expanded. Feed me a score, Seymour. 4-1. Four, um, four, four, one, four, four, two. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Okay. That's... Those are right. solid scores. Uh, Outriders. Wanted to like it. The There is no end game. I did like parts of that game a lot until I got to the end and then realized what's the fucking point. And if well, the end game 
had more to do, and it didn't get so over-the-top ridiculous where you had to have very specific builds to even do it. And it lost all of that experimentation that it had up to that point. Like, it could be a Saw game. Like, they could still save that game. They, but, but they, you haven't seen the updates then. <laughs> what, did, what did they do now? To, did they fuck there, it up? There is an, uh, you know, they just re- released not too long ago an update that uh, that addresses a lot of the end game issues uh, and allows for better drop rates for certain legendaries and uh, basically a lot of the complaints that the player base had. Uh, were addressed in uh, in the latest update. I forget what they call it. Uh, it's still a three nine on... for me because that's what I played. Yeah, it's it's on my my thing. Uh, do I don't. I don't. I don't have it right up in. in my it was another one of those um, that we all wanted to like. Even we had Matt even playing with us, and then it just fell flat at the end. And you're like, man, man. Yeah. What you give it? Three um, nine. Having not played uh, New Horizon, which is the uh, uh, the update, I'm. Uh, uh, I'd give it like a three seven. That's three, fair. Um, it'd probably go up after I. Played it with New Horizon. Yeah, I might play it again. I didn't realize they've changed that much. That's that's some Justin three nine. Okay. Um, let's see here. Phoenix Point finished two campaigns this year because it was familiar, but they added more expansions and they're continuing to add expansions at five bucks a pop that changed the game. Um, if you never get a chance to play XCOM 1 or 2, then at least play Phoenix Point because it is the third runner up in that genre. Don't even bother with Chimera Squad for Phoenix Point. That is a fucking trash game. Um, but, yeah. Um, need some customization options, um, but there's enough there to keep you busy for 60 hours for a campaign. I have six days of playtime at this point in Phoenix Point. It's a it's a 4-5. Uh, Ragnarok. Hell, oh my God. yes. That's the second best VR title to come out last year. Yeah, um, it's, um, it's Beat Saber with drums. Like, that's a easy, that's an easy, lazy way of describing it. But it's a drumming game that feels kind of like you're drumming. Like, pretty close to feels like how you're drumming. You can change your drum heights. It's all fucking pirate metal, um, or Norse metal. And you're rowing a boat. The graphics are pretty simplistic. The hit detection's pretty fucking good. You start to feel like a fucking badass when you get the harder songs done. The variety on the songs is great. They continue to expand the tracks. They're all licensed artists. Um, there's nothing like you got fucking Ailstorm. Like if you like Ailstorm, man, play some goddamn Ragnarok. It's on Oculus Quest as well as on fucking Steam. That game, like I'm even getting st- st- like fucking Facebook ads for this game. Like it's starting to finally explode. But fucking Ragnarok is just you jamming out to drums to Viking metal. And it's fun, and it's a workout. It's uh, I can do it for about forty minutes before I'm fucking wore out, but it's fucking great, Rusty. It's it's everything that you said. Ev- ev- I I echo everything you just said. 
I have no complaints for this game. It, um, Ragnarok's like a four seven for me. That game's fucking rad. It's the the only thing that I want is more songs. Like you could you could pump so much more songs. Uh, yeah, when the mod community game. gets a hold of this and like they're adding Mashuga into there, like people are gonna like mm. break their brains. Like it's yes. it's great. It's good. Very good. Four seven. Easy. I played four songs and it Again, it made me <laughs> completely jealous of VR and wishing I had a headset. Like the the only reason why Beat Saber beats it is because there's you know there was a there's a big modding community behind Beat Saber and there's a fuckload of songs. Yeah. Right. All right, Red Solstice Two. I already rated I already it. Sucked. I forgot the score. This guy. What game were you, you playing? Huh? What game are you playing? Three five, move on. All right, three five. <laughs> thank you. Um, no, just you guys bounced around a few games, and there were a couple I lost track of there. Uh, Returnal. I can't rate it yet. Move on. Yeah, we. I can't uh, rate it either. Rift Breaker. I really want to like Rift Breaker, but the pacing's wrong. Um, I got caught up this the last two times I played it. I got caught up building my base only to have it fucking like wiped out. I don't understand the pacing on it, and it's a little bit too grindy. Um, it is a third-person action game that plays out like Diablo, yet you're also building a base at the same time, and you can work back to the base through your rift. Um, you got a big fucking robot guy that mows down shit, and there's hordes of enemies, and there's a lot of things about it that should be really fucking cool. But I can't get into it. I've played it a decent amount of time on fucking Game Pass. Um, it's disappointing for me. It's a uh, 3-3. I can't read it. All right, uh, RimWorld ideology. RimWorld's already, you, sir. Yeah, RimWorld's already a game of the generation. It's a, it's up there with my likes of things like Mass Effect. Ideology adds another layer to that onion, and I got through. I almost beat a campaign again in Rif, in uh, Riftbreaker in RimWorld. Um, ideology's layer is that it gives your characters cultures to assimilate to that have strict rule sets. Um, so it makes you play the game a little bit differently and also makes the random key character creation a little bit harder to manage um, and recruitment a little bit harder to manage. But that extra layer makes you think about it in a little bit more tactical way. Um, I really like it. It was 100% worth the price I paid for it. Um, 4-7. Okay. Yep. I can sum stuff uh, up fast. Same, did you say, were you I agreeing, Rusty? Uh, for RimWorld, I, I can't rate it. I I got into it early, uh, but I haven't been able to get into it since. So right. uh, Now on to a game I've installed but not played yet, uh, Slime Rancher. Um, there are parts yeah. of that game that fall flat for me. I really want to like Slime Rancher. It's kind of like Stardew Valley, a lot like Stardew Valley, except you're sucking up slimes and planting them and creating your, it's a big genetic mutation. It's kind of like a backyard breeder simulator, but with aliens, um, you're creating your own breeds and strains of slimes to sell on the space market. Um, it's got a lot of heart. Uh, 
it's not a no. It's not nearly as good as Stardew Valley, though. No. It's a three nine. Uh, Starmancer. The game's unfinished. It has a whole lot of potential, but right now you, I can't make it. Played a lot of fucking RimWorld, and I've played a lot of space-based games. Space Haven is a much better game that I played a lot of that you don't have on here. Space Haven's an easy 4-4. Um, Starmancer right now is like a 3. It's got a lot of heart, but it's got a long ways to go before it's good. The fundamental brokenness is your guys fight and start pissing and shitting everywhere and then killing each other all the fucking time. I cannot get two crew members to survive long enough. And then they get recycled, come back out, and then turn into mass fucking murderers and kill the whole fucking crew again. Or, like, vent them into space or, like, cut holes in the walls and start venting people. In. Like, everybody turns into a fucking psychopath in that game. I remember you saying that. I remember you talking about that while we were playing. Uh, I was playing something else, and he's like, oh, my God. Becky does not like so and so, and she is like really trying to stab her. I'm like, what? Yeah, and I couldn't get the priorities right. It works on a priority system like RimWorld, but it is not RimWorld. Star Renegades. Fairly solid roguelike. I've got about four good runs in me. It does this weird time loop thing to to help yeah. you replay it. Um, it's made by the same people that made a game that I really like that I can't remember the name of off the top of my head, but it's another pixel. It's got a lot of good pixel art in it. Um, the core systems of the characters leaves a little bit to be desired. I wish there was more variety in the powers and the way the synergies work between different character types. Um, four. Four. Uh, three, eight. It was good, but it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't super great. Okay. It's on Game Pass. Give it a uh, shot. We mentioned it, but have not rated it yet. Subnautica Below Zero. I re really liked it, honestly. I know that's not some... as good as the first one, though. It's not as good as the first one because the sense of the, the level design is not as good. The level design in the first one had you have you had a solid path to kind of go through after you figured out, right? You went down into the caves and then went down the lazy river and then went down, 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 down to discover shit and then kind of worked your way back up. Um, there was really no reason to have more than one base in this game. You just put your base in the middle of the, of the map and that turned into your hub to go to everything else. So you didn't end up building nearly as much. The sub was pretty cool. The fucking uh, sub that turned into a train. Yep. That you combine shit together and could take your prawn suit with you. It wasn't nearly as cool as the fucking big ass submarine, but it never really turns into your base. Um, monster design was cool. The story was better done in this one versus the first one. Um, but the exploration wasn't nearly as cool as the first one, and it wasn't as scary as the first one, to be honest with you. It needed more predators. Um <laughs> needed more predators uh and if there was multiple ways to get into the underground river in the first one there's only one way to you know to progress in uh below zero uh they spent a lot more time uh over land and the overland parts were very short uh, very short and i think they're the weakest part of the story i never even uh, crafted the snowmobile thing because i didn't need it right you know you once you have the prawn suit you don't need it um it 
It's a whole bunch of good ideas and not all of them are executed great, but the game is still good. Yeah. That, well, what's your What's your score? 4-4. Four, four. I'm going to give it a 4-2. Okay, uh, that's good. I like Subnautica, but I think the first one was better. I 100% agree. And it's in VR. Pentagrail Conquest. We already rated it. Jeez. I told you I lost track of everything. Pretty much. (laughs) Right? I I was having trouble following y'all. We'll come back to it. I'll get your scores later. Um, Binding of Isaac Repentance. Uh, You missed the ascent. Oh, did Rusty, did you already rate the ascent? No, he put the scores for Tainted Grail on us. On oh. The ascent. oh, there we go. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's what that there is. There we go. Okay, yeah. Copy that yeah, over. The ascent. All right. Um, the ascent of oh, cyberpunk to the extreme. Like more cyberpunk than cyberpunk, you know, 2077. Yeah, aesthetically, it's really fucking cool. Um, the co-op was fucking broken as shit when me and you tried yeah. to play it. I think that's been fixed now. Um, performance has been fixed. I actually fired it up recently just to test it out. Um, but my thoughts, I got almost to the very end and then fell off real hard because I, I tried like 25 times on a boss and just can't get past it with my current build and I don't want to redo it. So a lot of cool ideas, but it's a four for me. Well, it's a top-down twin-stick shooter in the cyberpunk universe. What do you give it, Rusty? Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, the <coughs> end of the story was kind of... Uh, it kind of fell short of my expectations near the end. Uh, but everything else about it was really good. Um, I, I'm going to give it a 4-3. Okay, that's fair. The Binding of Isaac Repentance. It's more Binding of Isaac. It's not too much different. They added probably three times the mutations to it, though. Um, And a lot more variety to the bosses. There's a whole bunch of combinations of the bosses. So every time, every run is going to be pretty much unique. Um, I think there's some kind of random generator with how the bosses are created now. Um, Binding of Isaac's like one of the best roguelikes ever made, and it's one of the few that I beat over and over and over again and like it every time. And this one has all sorts of fucking weird secret levels, too. Um, It's a four... It's a four eight. It's fucking Binding of Isaac, man. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, you, you love that game. <laughs> it's one of my favorites of all time. All right. The Eternal Cylinder. This game... Uh was a lot more linear than I thought it was going to be. Uh, it's, it's a survival, almost a Pikmin-style game, where you end up uh, getting like a posse of you know little little dudes that follow you around. It's kind of like Pikmin meets Spore. Uh, so you mutate your your posse of you know guys that you know that's following you around in different ways to be able to um handle different situations like scaring off predators or solving certain puzzles uh things of that nature um but i was mo- expecting more of an open world whereas this is more of a linear experience um so in that way it was a little bit di- disappointing um 
but I'll tell you, once the cylinder starts rolling towards you, the, the there is a, a definite sense of urgency. You, it's like breathing down your fucking neck. Uh, so there's, it, it, I had some fun with it. Um, what do you give it? Uh, I don't know. I, I would, I would give it like a four one. Okay. All right. Uh, the last spell, Justin. So it is an early access and doesn't quite have an end game yet. However, what is there, the bones that are there are really good. So last spell is a turn-based battler where you are building up your kingdom in the face of an ever-present threat of demons and creatures that are coming at your fortress. Um, You upgrade in between every deal. It does need a few more classes. Um, The upgrades are meaningful. Um, The way that you build, you build buildings kind of like you would in a... uh, and an RTS that add additional functions, kind of like StarCraft, right? So, you know, you add a like a lumber mill or something like that to get you supplies and a quarry and a gold mine and all that other shit, right? You do that in between level waves of creatures. Um, and then you have permanent upgrades that come based on what you did on each night defending your town. Um, it's really well executed, missing an end game though. So for right now, it's a four... I could see it being up in my game of the year category, though, this year, if they finish it this year. It's a really cool game. Oh, you just said four? Four, yeah. All right. Fucking spaced out. The the last stand aftermath. Uh, I know what that is. Okay, yeah, that took me just a second to remember what that was. So that is a zombie roguelike that I do like a lot that does fall flat at the very, very, very end. Um, so what it is is it's a kind of like a twin-stick shooter. It's a survival game. It has a couple of broken-ass things in it, like weight doesn't really matter. It makes you run roll slower, but you just – I'm a pack rat, so I pick up fucking everything. But basically every single run, you're somebody who is infected that's going through the world to try to figure out what's going on on the outside of this – this uh, colony basically and you're trying to get further and the story dynamically unveils itself as you get make it further in the run and of course you know the if you die well you're just one of the survivors that's infected that was going to die anyway you get like additional powers from the infection which is kind of goofy but works um and you have a lot of permanent unlocks like you might be able to permanently unlock uh you know smgs when you're looting, or you may unlock a 1911 as one of your starter weapons. Um, It wants you to stealth more than you actually have to do, and when I got pretty good at it, I just stopped stealthing and just started brute forcing my way through everything and just killing everything in sight, which I had a lot of fun with. But towards the very end of the level, there are these creatures that are like fully armored that come in waves that are like nigh and undestructible, and I have almost every fucking unlock in the game. And I can't beat a goddamn run because I need a fucking grenade launcher or a rocket launcher to fucking kill these things. And those are really fucking rare. So I know that by the time I get to that, if I don't have the right types of grenades or perks unlocked for myself, I'm just not going to beat these guys. And so, like, I ended up starting to give up on runs. And it was at that point I was like, okay, well, the last part of this game's broke. Um... It could be updated, but it's a four. 
I wanted there to be more. Four is still a really solid game. No, it's not a four. It's a three eight. Okay. Yeah. And we got through like sixty games there, right? <laughs> Pretty close. Yeah. Pretty close. I think we made a, uh, did a speed record for this one. Normally we split this up into two episodes. Well, we're not done. We no, still no. We still have some uh, some tweaking to do. Yeah, so. we definitely have some tweaking to do. But that's what we're going to end up doing next episode. So on this episode, um, Jason, can you? Then this will be tweaked. Trust me. We like I said, we have some categories we haven't filled in. We haven't filled in a best DLC. We haven't filled in our worst game. Our 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 shit bag. Um. What's uh? Maybe don't run this in order. No, don't tell them what it is. Let's do that next week. Yeah, let's do it next week. Yeah, we can talk about this in a minute. But I think so far that list is looking pretty good. There's some things in here that don't make sense. What? Oh, well, that's that's things that we'll have to hash out. Yeah, yep. it's not pure math. There are sometimes, the, because so many of us voted on it, it ends up on the list and it doesn't make sense. Exactly. So um, so there's always some things that get uh, uh, that get knocked around because um, uh, pure math doesn't solve all problems as right. much as geeks like to think it might. So, uh, but... Uh, We'll definitely have more for you guys next week. We'll have our personal list. Um, and, of course, the Tiltcast Top 10. Um, and we'll <coughs> highlight some of the best and worst of the year. Yep. Okay, man. All right. Well, Jason, so, where can you find us? Find us at Tiltcast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com slash Tiltcast. Our YouTube channels, youtube.com slash realtailcast, and search for us on iTunes and Spotify. Find Subscribe. Some, find some friends of the show. You got Cabbage KBG for the love of gaming, noquarters.net, bmfcast.com, and tvgp.tv. They do great things and they also like Star Wars. So, with that, it's the end of the show. Peace. Peace.